Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, 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 good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Thursday morning. We welcome you to the very heart of downtown Hamilton, Ohio, our Chatterbox Studios. And we welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. 12 p.m. And that's Eastern Time. You can join us on YouTube. That's a Chatterbox Sports page. Twitter is at Chatterbox Sports. What is the uh, address there? Casey? At Seabox Sports. At Seabox Sports. Broadcasting live on Twitter daily. Or if you'd rather join us in podcast form, by all means, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. The Bengalis returned to practice yesterday to get ready for Sunday's 1 o'clock kick against the Houston Texans. We knew all about Jamar Chase and that back injury from Sunday night. He did not practice yesterday. What did come as a surprise was the first injury report for this game. T. Higgins has already missed time with broken ribs this year, although he's coming off his best game of the season Sunday night, but now apparently is dealing with some kind of a hamstring issue. Sam Hubbard was on the report as well with an ankle injury. We'll get the very latest from Charlie Goldsmith from Cincinnati.com in a matter of moments. The biggest game inside the rugged AFC North this weekend goes down in Baltimore, where the division-leading Ravens at 7-2 hosts a 5-3 Brownies. Who are you rooting for in that game? Brownies v. Ravens. Uh, I think I'm rooting for, I mean, I know it would make more sense to root for the Browns, so it gets a little more clustered up towards the top, but I'm going to root for the Ravens because... I want no happiness on the, the northern side of this state. I'm going to cheer for the Browns because it is my take that they are going to go to the <laughs> AFC Championship game. So I have to ride that take all the way home. I think they win this game. Smash mouth football. That's, we, what, that's what it will be this weekend. We, we, we got down to the point of that take, Tom, is that Elliot did not know that if you win two playoff games, you got to the AFC Championship game. There was a miscalculation in my brain. I might have messed up a little bit, but here's the thing. The Browns are still good. I think they're still good enough to win a playoff game for sure. Oh, you're changing your tune. No, no, no. I'm not changing anything. They can still get to the AFC Championship game. Now, Casey, are you rooting for the Ravens or the Brownies? So when I actually did a little research into this, I think it makes more sense for the Ravens to – for us to root for the Ravens because of how easy the Browns' schedule is. I think the Ravens' schedule is a little tougher. <laughs> so they have a little bit more of an uphill battle to climb to maintain that number one spot. So – I'm going with the Ravens this Golly week. Golly, yeah, I can't believe it. I mean, the logic or lack thereof inside of the studio is mind-boggling. <laughs> you have a team that has the same record as you do facing a team in your division that has a better record than you do, and we've got Clown Show Central here in two out of the three, rooting for the Ravens. Oh, unbelievable. We'll bounce around this issue and we'll have our picks coming up a little bit later in the show, both collegiately and professionally. Tonight, it is a doozy. As we like to say from time to time, throw out the record books. <laughs> when the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears get together. No doubt about it, Tony. <laughs> Holy Moses. And, and you know what? The numbers will still be off the charts. Yeah. They'll be insane. It never fails. Is today the day? We learn about the fate of one Jim Harbaugh and Michigan football. Will Commissioner Tony Petiti of the Big Ten punish the Wolverines for their brazen in-person sign-stealing operation? 
Michigan President Santa Ono, used to be here at UC, you remember, is urging due process. It's, ama it's amazing how many Michigan fans all of a sudden have learned those two words together, due process. While at the same time, Onto Ono is saying that, you know, hey, look, let's let this thing play out. But at the same time, he's on the horn with a bunch of lawyers in D.C. They are luring up for a potential court fight against the conference and the NCAA. Stay tuned to that. Last night in Maction. Can anybody say Maction? Maction. You got lit up yesterday, by the way. <laughs> I did not get lit up. You did you get lit up. Lit up. Lit up. <laughs> Because everybody who watches this show knows that you are always beating down and taking subtle shots at the Mid-American Conference whenever you have the opportunity, despite the fact that you went to Toledo and you still beat down the league. Miami was on Maction last night. Shut out Akron, 19-0. Sellout crowd. I don't know about that. Red Hawks remain a game ahead of Ohio University for the top spot in the MAC East. In baseball, the LA Angels hired 71-year-old Ron Washington as its manager yesterday. Washington last managed the Texas Rangers back in 04. You may remember he led that franchise to a pair of World Series appearances. The Philadelphia Phillies announced that Bryce Harper will become a first baseman permanently moving forward. Harper, you may remember, moved from the outfield to the infield last year to protect his surgically repaired elbow. In soccer, well, of course, Casey. It's going to be FC Cincinnati and the Philadelphia Union in round two of the NFL playoffs. It should be. The two teams have met five times over the last two years, including last season's postseason, when Philly eliminated FCC in a one-nothing decision. Now, we know they're gonna play, and we know they're going to play at TQL Stadium. But what we don't know is when they're going to play because they have to have all these other things going on. Right. So you have the opening round. You've got like a three-week break. So whatever these, what are these other things that are going on? Well, I think the MLS has to do some Black Friday shopping and, yeah. and maybe a little Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's, it's a busy time of the year, Tom, for all of us, including professional sports. Yeah, it's the holidays. You really have to. Microphones over there. You really, have, you, you really have to give your, uh, you really have to give your employees, you know, some time off during the holidays. That's true. That's true, Tom. A month. Why does uh, Yash? Is it Yash or Yash? He's in the chat all the time. Yes, he, he is. is. Why does he say one nothing decision? LOL. Tom doesn't know soccer. What does that mean? Is it? It was a one nothing game. Is there something? I want to be. I want to be accurate though here. Did he say? I think is he saying like you should say one nil. Okay, one. Nil. I don't know. I don't know though. Okay, because this is where soccer fans lose me, Tom. They start there's, correcting. There's some gatekeeping. There's they, some gatekeeping. They start there. correcting you. They start correcting you on the way you say the score. So I, I, I was born in America. I'm sorry, soccer fans. That's where I was born. So when I say it's one nothing, it's one nothing. There's some gatekeeping there with soccer, no doubt about so it. So Molly says it's like hash, yash. Okay, yash, help me here. Um, I, I'd like to know because I think I do know a little bit about soccer. I'm not the biggest fan in the world, but I've played it and, uh, and watched it and enjoyed watching it. So, um, look, if I said something wrong there, help me out. Uh, oh, here it is. He just says, just say result or defeated, one nothing. What? I, I, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm sorry, you I'm not don't doing enjoy that watching soccer, Tom. I do. That was a fib. 
No. Um, no, that's lie, not true. It was a white lie. That's not true. I, um, I'm all about getting it right. But, I mean, look, it was a one nothing game. Okay, call it whatever you want. All right? It, 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 the decision was one nothing. The bottom line is, is they're playing Philadelphia again in the playoffs, and we just don't know when it is. We don't know. We don't know if uh, it's Christmas. We don't know if it's slightly after Thanksgiving. But it's going to be played. So, I mean, they're going to play. That we know. And it's going to be a TQL stadium. Well, what's the look for, Casey? There's, there's no look from over yes, here. Yes, you are. You no, have a look. No, and like, no, you know, He's like, grinning ear to ear. just like, Tom, give it a rest. That's what you wanted to say. What are you saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm just, over there. I'm just super excited for the game. Super excited. I'm for the excited match. too. I am genuinely excited. I want FCC to win the whole daggone thing. They've had a phenomenal year, from my understanding. What little I know, it's been one of the great seasons in the history of the MLS. That's right. That's right. So I'm all for. I love the coach. Never met him, but I just love how he tells it like it is. When they're good, he says we're good. When they stink, he says we stink. And that's what you want to hear. Right? Right. All right. Fair enough. Everybody doing okay today? Uh, Zebra, any action last night we should be aware of? Up, no, down? <clears throat> no no action. No action. I was even. So we were just How right about on that Clash of the Titans tonight? You got any action on the Carolina-Chicago uh, game? I have. Uh, I, oh, awesome. Again, the uh, names. We'll the running back for the uh, Carolina Panthers. He was with the Eagles. Now he's with the Carolina Panthers. Oh, no. That guy over 19 and a half rushing yards, and I have Thielen over 72 and a half receiving yards. You don't, you're not going to bet. Miles on, Sanders, I got it. You're not going to bet on Tyson Benyeh? Uh, no, I will touchdown not. Touchdown props. What a sad couple of franchises those two teams are. I mean, that that's just brutal. Is Jay Cutler what? the best Bears quarterback of all time, Tom? He has to be. Statistically, he has to be. Well, statistically, he probably is. But McMahon? Best leader, McMahon. All right. Fair best enough. Best leader, McMahon. Fair enough. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right, let's get uh, to um, a leader of men, whether it's on the baseball beat or the football beat. And that's our friend from Cincinnati.com, Mr. Charlie Goldsmith, who was kind enough to join us at the last minute. And, you know, it's funny how things come around. Just out of the blue, I got to thinking to myself, you know, one area I am, I am negligent in sometimes is just reaching out to tell people, thank you. We really appreciate your time. And Charlie comes on here regularly. And I reached out yesterday, and I just told him, Charlie, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. And here today, we were in a bind, and Charlie, um, you, you were there to answer the call. So I, I will say it in front of the world. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed this. This has been yeah. a lot of fun. We love it. We love it. Okay, let's get right to it. The whole Jamar Chase thing. Uh, you know, I, I thought Collinsworth... There are moments when, when broadcasters, writers, whatever it might be, when something happens and, and they just nail something right away where you can almost put yourself in that situation. And Collinsworth the other night when Chase went down, he said, look, I've been there. He's going to have a hard time crawling out of bed tomorrow. And that was pretty much the case. When he came in Monday, he, he laid out to you and everybody else that he's really, really hurting. Um, they were off yesterday or off two days ago. They were back yesterday. He did not practice. What do you think? How do you think this plays out? 
Not a lot of information right now. Um, the, what we know and what's like good news for the Bengals is the word soreness has been the most consistent word used. Now, as you've seen with Shirobe Awuje, who had a back injury of his own, soreness can impact performance significantly. Um, they're going to, how is Jamar Chase feeling today? How is Jamar Chase feeling on Friday, Saturday, Sunday? This is more the type of injury situation you just have to manage and monitor. Not quite as many clear answers with where he's at right now. Also, a huge game on Thursday has to be on the Bengals' minds as well. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. We had Brian Billick on here yesterday, former Super Bowl winning head coach of the Ravens. And, and, and you know, I, I just asked him, walk us through what happens. Uh, the, the player comes into a meeting with, say, Zach Taylor and Duke Tobin's in there and there's a doctor or a trainer in there. And, and, and Brian had said, hey, look, most times players will say, I'm good to go, I'm going. And then the doctor at that point or the trainer will step in and say, well, if you play, you can make it worse. We need you, blah, 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 blah. Um, with the whole T. Higgins thing now, do you think that his injury is significant enough to keep him out of out of playing this weekend? T. Higgins' injury wasn't on my radar, and I don't think it was on anyone's radar until Wednesday after practice. So again, this is just a stage I haven't had the time yet been in the building yet since it sounds like it happened to get that information. You don't want to speculate too much, but you never know with what hamstrings are like. For example, the the, the you know, it, it's happened before. I forget the player uh, popped up with a hamstring injury on Thursday and was fine. But then you had Chase Brown pop up with a hamstring injury a couple weeks ago, and he ended up going on IR. Again, not enough time yet has passed to know fully the extent and the severity. But hamstrings are very tricky. Uh, this is now really the story of the week, how significant the injuries are with T and Jamar and how much progress they're going to be able to make during the week. Well, it is. And I mean, you know, there are a lot of people out there that say, hey, look, if you can give chase or they were saying this prior to the injury report coming off yesterday. I mean, right. A lot of people were saying, OK, it's Houston. You're not saying you're going to win, but you'd like to think you could beat Houston maybe without chase and have him ready for Baltimore. Now, the possibility, the possibility. And again, you said don't speculate. I agree. But the possibility of neither one of them playing. Now you're talking about a whole different ball game, right? an entirely different ball game. Two things. One, when T. Higgins was out in week five, what happened was Trenton Irwin was more of a featured player than Tyler Boyd. That ended up being a turning point for Boyd's season. Boyd has made four of the Bengals' biggest catches over the last two weeks. Part of me is curious, what, what does a Tyler Boyd number one receiver look like right now? What would the Bengals' ideas and you know overall approach and scheme on offense be if that were the case? Number two is the Bengals, you never prepare for your two stars to be out. But they did prepare for this. They were very aggressive in adding wide receiver depth during the offseason uh, with Charlie Jones in the fourth round, higher than I expected them to take a wide receiver, and then doubling down with Andre Yoshivash, who has exceeded everyone's expectations. And even when they're at full strength, is catching touchdowns and making big catches. So you invest in such a premium position, four positions or four situations like this, if it is a worst-case scenario and they can't play against Houston, it is still night and day from where they would have been at this point last year. Last year it would have been Trent Taylor and Mike Thomas, you know, starting against or starting next to Tyler Boyd. This year you're in a much better spot. If it's Irwin, if it's Jones, Yoshivash, obviously you have Boyd in there as well. They do have more options. Now, it looks like Jones, like you said, is going to be a go. He's been out for the last number of weeks. He had the big punt return for a touchdown. That was uh, you know, part of his MO coming out of Purdue. Great special teams, return guy, and an excellent receiver. We've not seen so much of the receiver part uh, as we have uh, Yoshivash. Uh, it would seem to me that, that 
that because of being out with the injury and so on and so forth, that Yoshivas would take on potentially a, a, a very important role? Because I think he's shown the most, is it fair to say, Charlie, of all of those guys. Now, we saw Irwin last year. He made some big plays for this team and has made some big plays this year. But of all of the young guys they might be counting on, if they don't have Chase and they don't have Higgins, he seems like the one who has made the, the, the fastest progress. Is that fair to say? Jones has just had a tricky camp. He was learning the slot, which he didn't play in college, and then he got hurt. Here's how it would work if Jamar's out, if T's out, or if both of them are out. And, you know, we'll be on the same page here with this one. Not necessarily everyone I have this conversation with understands the platoon system as well as, as we might. What this will be is an epitomal platoon situation. Matchups, plays, taking advantage of specific routes. Have Irwin do this on these snaps. Have Yoshivash do this on these snaps. Have Jones do this on these snaps. So it'll be like managing a bullpen. Bring this guy in for this specific situation for this part of the lineup and then hand the ball off to the next guy. You know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and to a lesser extent, Tyler Boyd, they're your innings eaters. What you have with Jones, Yoshibash, and Irwin are bench platoon guys. And you'll see a similar baseball-esque mixing and matching from a down-to-down and situation-to-situation perspective um, when it's a next or when the next man has to step up. Oh, give me an example of what you mean by that, Charlie, because I think that's a that's a very, very interesting and astute uh, analogy there, comparing it to 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 a baseball team. Um, you know, from their style of play and and what we've seen from their playbook, Yoshivas figures to be in on what kind of play, and Jones would be in um, on theoretically what kind of play. I would say Yoshivash early downs because he gives them a lot more as a run blocker and the red zone because of what he's been able to do on contested catches and physical situations down near the goal line. Charlie Jones situations where you need speed. Um, you could see a lot of like neutral situation plays where you try to get him the ball uh, quickly and let him create yards after catch. The Bengals ran some of those against the Rams. You could see him trying to burn a couple teams with deep routes down the field. When you have advantageous, they call it the strike zone. When it's like first down or second and medium and you're past midfield and you want to take a shot, Jones could be featured then. Irwin's probably the most versatile guy. I guarantee he'll be playing most third downs because he's a guy who always – does the right thing, who knows all the routes, who's done it and run and made catches on all the routes, and who you trust to create separation. So Erwin Jones, Yosevash, you couldn't ask for three different types of players to, to use this overworking or this analogy I'm overworking. Like Erwin's the lefty, Yosevash is the guy with who, who throws 100, who struggles to find the strike zone. Jones is more of a savvy, finesse pitcher. They have different types of guys, and they will call plays with specific guys on the field, they will pair players to plays and situations that maximize what they can do. All right, now let's move on to Sam Hubbard. I don't know if that's another one that caught you by surprise. Uh, he shows up with, with some kind of issue with his ankle. He is having an excellent year. Uh, the Bengals pass rush straight across the board. I mean, Hendrickson's having a monster year. Hubbard, a solid year. B.J. Hill has set a career high in sacks. You got Reeder, the whole nine yards. Uh, I know you weren't there, I don't think, by the time they had put him on the report. But but anything you've learned at all about Hubbard's situation? The good news is, is he did finish the game, and he looked great as he finished the game. Um, Hubbard is a guy who will play at, at all costs. And now he's missed games over the course of his career. He missed a game with Cap. Uh, injury last year, uh, but the sense I get, Hubbard was moving around well in the locker room after practice yesterday, um, feeling good right now again because of how he finished the game and how I saw him moving around yesterday. 
You know, I have been critical at times on Zach Taylor, uh, especially when it comes to his play calling. But I've also given credit where credit is due because the the the, the climate being the you know sort of key word, the culture of this team uh, is so dramatically different. Uh, than it's ever been, I would argue, in the history of the franchise. I only bring this up because, you know, I think that there have been times in the past where a Bengals team that was good, and those have been few and far between, as we know, but when Bengals teams have been good, they, they've had that proverbial trap game where they laid an egg. I just get the feeling, and you tell me, because you know Zach Taylor and you know that, that whole culture down there better than I ever will, it just seems like this team – is built to not let that kind of thing happen. I'm not suggesting that Houston can't win the game. I'm not saying that. But I don't think that the Bengals, the way they are, they are constructed right now, coaches, players, leaders, um, that they're that kind of team anymore. You agree with that? Uh, the We talk all the time. One of the biggest things you talk about with the Bengals is the continuity they have, how long these guys have been together, and every, every type of situation they've experienced. Of all the situations they've experienced, one I hear referenced the most is the Mike White game against the Jets in 2021. They got trapped. They lost that game, and boy, does it stick with them and haunt them. They're still asking to this day, how did we lose to Mike White? Um, And and that's a great example of an experience they went through a time. I don't want to say they overlooked him, but they overlooked him to a degree from a game planning perspective, uh, from how they managed the game conservatively. That's the type of experience where they say, like, on the sideline, in the huddle before the game, hey, remember this? And they can all remember that feeling. And, you know, the new guys understand by the look in the eyes of the guys who were there exactly how that game felt for the Bengals. So that's another example of how the situation that they've been in before kind of impact on their approach and the significance they know uh, are matched up with different situations in the future. All right, let's uh, throw it around the room. You're always very patient when it comes to things like this. I would like to go ahead and warn Elliot and Casey and Reed that we've already asked him about T. Higgins. We've asked him about Jamar Chase. We've asked him about the guys that could take their place if neither one or one or the other can go. We have asked him about Sam Hubbard. We've asked him about this being a trap game. So, guys, anything else that's on your mind, those topics are now off limits. Elliot, we'll start with you. Yeah, Charlie, I, I'm going to switch the topic entirely here. I, I'm going to go straight to the red legs. If you had, yes. if you, if you had, if you had a wish, Charlie, you have to give me one player right now. Who's your wish to come to the Cincinnati Reds next season? So there's risk when you go to the top of the starting pitching free agent market. I think something the Reds should avoid is make sure you don't end up with a Mike Moustakis contract yes. that can set you back and force you to cut payroll in the future. So I'm looking at kind of the middle tier of starting pitchers, uh, uh, a Waka, a Lugo, a Gibson, a Perez. I think that tier of guys could be a really interesting fit for innings, consistency, veteran experience. And then I'm interested in a right-handed hitting outfielder, Michael A. Taylor, a Harrison Bader, someone like that who can help round out the depth in the outfield. Could Jorge Soler be a Cincinnati Red next season? I'm interested to see what his market is. I also see the red, you know, how have they built this and how have they had success building it around a specific type of player that prioritizes quality of at-bat, that prioritizes putting the ball in play, that prioritizes athleticism and defense. So Lair would give them a different look. I prefer almost to continue building around the strength you already have as opposed to adding in kind of a new splash. But, hey, you know, he, he's a great player and certainly could be a useful guy depending on how high the market is. That's fair. Reed. Hey, Charlie, do you remember last time that we talked? I, mean, I know you do a lot of these interviews, but uh, remember last time we talked, what we talked about? I, aren't you the Drew Sample guy? 
I am the Drew Sample guy. I've been telling everyone for weeks, he Charlie, has, he has. about Drew Sample and his athleticism. And boy, oh boy, did he put it on display this past Sunday. You know, there's one person who loves Drew Sample more than you do, and that's Bengals head coach Zach Taylor. Um, <laughs> they love the guy. He is the ultimate gritty, dirty work guy who gets none of the credit. He never gets the ball. They put him into block, and he knows if I get 10 catches a year, that's gravy. Um, <laughs> having those types of guys are how you build a team, how you build a culture. Now, maybe that's not what you use a second-round pick on, but you know now he's just a guy on a veteran one-year contract. For what they're paying him, you know, he makes winning plays. He might be one of the, the most bang-for-your-buck deals on the Bengals with everything he's done in that pass-protecting role. He never makes mistakes. And, hey, it turns out he's got some juice that I didn't know he had. Yeah, it has a little athleticism. And you're absolutely right. You don't use a second-round pick on him. You use a first-round pick because that, oh that kind God, of value. Please. It's invaluable. Don't waste it's invaluable, his time. Charlie. Don't waste his time. <laughs> yeah. All right, over to Casey. Over to Casey. Mr. Bengal, Mr. Orange and black colored glasses and everything that moves. It's a Bengal. Please, Casey. I've actually got two different questions here. Um, the tight end group. Are we still going to be seeing a mixture of all three of those guys? Tanner Hudson, Irv Smith, Drew Sample. Did they see enough? You think that they thought, yeah, we can do this with a committee? Or do you think they're going to try to find a guy like Tanner Hudson? Well, well, they don't have a choice. You know, it's not the trade deadline's passed. They're here because they didn't find a match or, or an opportunity or a price tag that fit for agency in the draft at the deadline. Just like the receivers, they're very, very different types of players. Hudson can catch very well. We've seen that. But he's been a journeyman because he's not giving you much as a blocker. Um, Drew Sample, no no disrespect, but, but he's not running the same routes that Tanner Hudson has run and made plays on. Irv Smith, I wouldn't say, has any specific – unique strength, but he's the most versatile of the group. Uh, so you see him in on early down situations. It'll be mix and match, so just like I said with the receivers, pairing guys to specific situations and routes and personnel groupings on the other side of the field from the defense, that'll dictate who's in the game. My last question is, I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's going on with the AFC North, probably. Browns versus the Ravens. Who are you rooting for in that game? Because I think a lot of the people in this room think the Ravens because they've got a tougher schedule. No, 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 no. Let's not say a lot of people in this room. We okay, have made well, it quite well, clear. It's, there it's are split. you, there's you decision. and there's Reed Mouse, who I'm I'm still trying to figure out, and maybe Charlie will join you in this in this. Yeah. That how in the world you could root for the Ravens who are ahead of you in the division as opposed to the team that you're tied with in the division. Now the zebra and I are saying brownies, brownies, brownies. Go ahead, Casey. Finish your question. Well, that, that's that's just the question. What? Who are you rooting for in this situation? Have you looked at it deeply at all, or do you just got to focus on week by week? No, I, I look around the league, around the division. It'd be different if the Bengals weren't playing so well, but because of just the well-rounded, dynamic way this team's playing, the high expectations are back. You're thinking big when you're thinking about the 2023 Bengals. If you're the Bengals, you're thinking about going on a long win streak, taking the North, getting a high seed, getting as many home games as you can. Um, with that in mind, you know, the team you're chasing first for that division title is the Ravens. If you want this season to be as successful as they want it to be, if you're thinking about what their goals are, you can't be worried about the Browns for the second wild card spot. You have to be thinking bigger than that. I get the sense the Bengals are thinking pretty big. You know, Charlie, you just said something that I've been reluctant to say to these guys from time to time, and I'm trying to impart 
what little wisdom that I have acquired through my 60 years on this planet, thank the Lord above, and that is thinking big. Charlie, I like that you think big. And so hopefully that rubs off on two of my partners in here. Charlie, we thank you for your time as always. Oh, by the way, real quick, I'm just curious. Because I've seen where some other uh, sort of beat writers around the NFL have, have, have tried to bring up this topic to guys who played at Michigan. The Bengals have quite a few of them that played at Michigan. Uh, any of those guys saying anything about this mess going on there right now? I have not broached the subject with the I Michigan guys. Them. Yeah. Uh, I'll say another former Big Ten player was talking about how crazy it was. I did point out that sign stealing is legal as long as you're not scouting in person, which, right. you know, that's a no. That's um, right. The NCAA and the Big Ten need to do something. What are we waiting for when there are competitive balance issues with ongoing games that you're not making a decision on? It reminds me almost about, like, Jameel Reynolds and Aziz Bandango at UC. Like, these are games going on right now. How can you let an issue not being resolved impact these games? Come on, let's, uh, let's get a decision here so you can move forward with the season. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we might know something from uh, Tony Petiti at the Big Ten uh, Commissioner later on today. All right, Charlie, have a great weekend, man. Thanks again so much for your time on short notice. We always appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, Charlie Goldsmith. That's our guy. That, that is, is our guy. guy. That's our guy. I mean, I know he's a big league operator and everybody else around town tries to get him on, but he saves the good stuff for us. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Tom. I mean, he, that analogy with the baseball thing, that is a big league no doubt. analogy. No, that's that that was big. That was big right there. Tom, the, the final question that you guys were talking about, about the Ravens and the Browns, you know why I don't I don't really care about You don't about, think big. I don't I don't care about the Ravens and the Browns. Because I'm worried about what the Bengals do. Well, you're allowed to. This isn't like an either or. You're allowed to do both at the same time. When they both play at 1 o'clock on Sunday, you're allowed to worry about what the Bengals are doing. But at the same time, you have a decision to make, and you're allowed to take a peek every now and again on what's happening with the Browns and the Ravens. And you two guys are worried about the Browns? I'm not worried about anybody, Tom. That's the point. I want to beat them. I want to be the reason that they're the that we're the that we we win the division. I want to be the reason that they kick the Browns out of the postseason. I don't give a rat's behind what all these other teams do because guess what? They got to play the Bengals. We we got to play the Steelers twice. We got to play the Browns once. Got to play the Ravens once. Got to play the Chiefs. Got to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. I want to beat them all, and I want to tell these this league why the Bengals will be the number one seed, why they'll be the division champs, all those things. I want the Bengals to do it. I don't care what happens with any of the other 31 teams on a Sunday. Yeah, to be very clear, to be very clear, the, Bengals, be clear. the Bengals do control their destiny. If they win out, they are for sure the AFC North champions. That, undisputed. Undisputed. So... Well, yes, the, the, yes, the, the, lo- the, the logic there stands that, yeah, we don't have to worry about other teams and what they do because if we just control our destiny, go week by week, win, and keep winning, then all will be well. The only reason why I want to have the Browns lose is because that's something that we can't really – it doesn't matter which team loses, in all honesty. The only reason why we talk about it is because we want to have more control of our destiny – the Browns losing this game makes it easier on us to control our destiny because you're getting a, a more secure spot in the AFC North. You're getting a more secure spot in the wild card seeding. You're moving you're, up. You're moving up. If you win. 
if you win. Now, let me ask you guys this, because you guys, I joke with you a lot about, about gambling, but I'm curious to this. What, what, what is the Bengals' line right now in this game? It's minus seven. Okay, it's minus seven, it's down, yeah. and that was cooked into knowing the possibility that Chase doesn't play was out there. Okay, when That's they right. set that line, it's, 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 it's been adjusted, I think, a little bit in the last day or two. But every, we, we've known since Sunday night that Chase was hurt, or since Monday for sure. And here we are on Thursday. You just heard Charlie say he was at practice yesterday. Nobody saw this T. Higgins thing coming. Nobody. Nobody knew about the Sam Hubbard thing. If you just heard Charlie, it sounds like the, the T thing is a lot more concerning because Hubbard finished the last game, right? And T now all of a sudden is hamstring thing. I, I'm just curious because you guys do understand us. And Zebra, I guess I'll ask you. Well, if it's seven now, what if it's determined, you know, now they're going to start baking into the fact that there's something might be going on here with Higgins. What's that number probably drop down to? If, if we don't have our top two receivers, that number is not above four. I would say that the spread would be four, maybe three and a half. If I'm being honest, so I, I have the opinion that uh, there's, no, there's no player in the league besides quarterbacks that are worth more than two points. That being said, this line started at eight and a half with Jamar Chase maybe being out. Yep. It is now, I just looked, it is now down to six and a half. And that is with, that is with the Texans having over 20 players on their injury report. That tells me a couple things. That tells me that, yeah, there are some serious injury things, and you talked about it with Charlie, about T and Jamar and the defensive line and stuff like that. But that also tells me that there are some people that have much more money than I do that are very confident that the Texans can cover seven points this Sunday. Really? Why? Because the line's moving down. When big money starts flowing in, the books, they try to, they try to counterbalance it by moving the line down. So. Hmm. I'm telling you, I, this game had trap game written all over it. And, and again, gambling doesn't run sports, right? It's not rigged. But it doesn't? I don't think. Well, I mean, maybe it does. But the point is, as of right now, sports are still not rigged. So, of course, the Bengals could throw away this trap game. They win this game by 30. But it is interesting to see how that line moves on a given Sunday and how, and how accurate that line is, especially in the NFL. The, the, the odds makers in Vegas usually get it right. Usually get it right. So I think it's a trap game. The Bengals just came off their two biggest wins of the season, both of them being underdogs in, in those two games. It's, I don't know. It's funny that Charlie brought up when, when you start throwing around the phrase trap game, right? And you start thinking about the Bengals over the past few years. And, and we talked about it earlier this week. The only trap game in my memory is the one that Charlie brought up. That's right. And that is the New York Jets game. I think the Bengals went into there as like 10-point favorites against a backup quarterback, Mike White, making his debut, yeah. and, and he cooked on us. He cooked. I mean, he looked fantastic for an entire game, and it's, it's, it's interesting to hear that the Bengals certainly remember that just as much as the fans do. So, listen, it, when, when you got a team that and, – and maybe we give Joe Burrow too much credit as, as a leader and, and all these things, he seems like a guy that, that won't allow – this kind of stuff to fall. So does Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor seems like he's he's logging in. I know Lou Anarumo put yep. out the quote. He said, C.J. Stroud has my attention. I got to make sure that my yep. guys have their attention. Yep. So they're saying all the right things to not be a trap game, right? Like They're, they're giving the, the Texans onus. They're, they're, they're giving them respect. 
it's just a matter of fact is can they come out for 60 minutes and do what they're supposed to do and that is beat a team in a bad division with a rookie quarterback and beat them by a touchdown yeah i agree completely well um you know, we're going to know, I guess, probably a little bit more today. Uh, you start getting in tomorrow and Saturday is when you really start getting a better idea about where everybody is on the injury front. You know, you talked about the, the Texans. We, we have that graphic, I think, you had yeah, earlier about yep. all the players they have on their injury report, right? Now, I mean, it's an eye chart up there. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, there are a lot of guys. Now, some teams, and I don't know what the, what, what the, the MO is for um, the Texans. But I do know that Bill Belichick, for years and years and years and years, he would put a list just like this out right. every single week, right? You're required by the league to put out an injury report. Did guys practice? Were they out? Were they limited? Were they a full participant? Those are all the catchphrases, and you can see them down the column there, full, limited, did not practice, did not practice, blah, blah, blah. So you're required to do it. Some coaches just like putting everybody on there, maybe to give the opponent something to think about. Other coaches, they'll sort of, I'm not going to say hide it, but they may not put a guy on who's, you know, who, who they have to be very careful when they walk this line because the league is very serious about this stuff. And make no mistake about it. You said gambling doesn't run the league. When those injury reports come out, like we just talked about. Yeah. Lines move. Yeah. There are lines that are moving all over the place. I'm, I'm looking at this injury report, Tom. I mean, they, they've got some big names on their, on their injury report that did not practice yesterday. Will Anderson Jr. We're talking Damian Pierce, Laramie Tunsil. I mean, these, these are big, important pieces of the Houston Texans, and they didn't participate in practice yesterday. Now, once again, who knows what, who's, who's, what that's worth? Who knows what that's worth? I'm just telling you right now, for, for all the talk about the Bengals and all the injuries that the Bengals have, Texans are dealing with similar things. Yeah, they are. They are. But one guy that's not hurt is C.J. Stroud. That's right. Joe Burrow's not hurt either, Tom. That's exactly right. Well, he doesn't look hurt. No, he certainly does not look hurt. He looks really, really, really good. You know, one thing, uh, and we're going to do picks in the, in the back half hour. Anything else with the Bengals you want to get to today? That's on your mind before we kind of move off that. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. You sure nothing else, Casey? I mean, that mind of yours is always working. <laughs> I mean, I can. I can sit here and talk always Bengals for hours, working. Tom. But All right, well, I, I tell don't wanna... me one other thing with the Bengals that's on your mind. Um, I I am just slightly concerned about just the establishing the run game. We didn't really talk about that much with the Charlie Goldsmith interview. With the injuries to Chase and T, I'm wondering if maybe we get him more involved. I know uh, Kasky has been kind of hammering that we should get Mixon more involved. He's shown that he can still have that sort of – No doubt. He being know, Mixon. Yeah, that pop, that, yep. that spark. He's got it. And the Texans, you know, they, they, you can run on them. You can, you can throw – they're not some, like, great defense, right? So I'm just wondering what the game plan is going – into this game mm -hmm. with all the injuries. Well, the best they've looked all around, run game and pass game, without a doubt, was a 49ers game. They were the most consistent from the start of the game to the finish of the game. I mean, even the game the other night, you know, look, it, it, it was a good win. It was a great win over Buffalo. But the offense, again, did nothing in the second half. Nothing. They're doing all these pitch sweep stuff. We talked about it yesterday. I mean, when they let that offensive line, as Kyle has talked about, Go hit somebody. 
They hit one of the best defenses in the NFL right in the mouth in a run game, the way Mixon was ripping off run after run after run and running between the tackles in that game against the 49ers. I just, I've not understood for three years why they don't run it more. Kids, that's not how this team's built, Tom. Um, and it's simple as that. And it's worked pretty good. It's worked pretty good passing the ball as much as they do. But yeah, there's there's certainly a degree of, of the next evolution of this offense is a consistent run game. That's something that we've looked at like the Bengals' uh, most recent opponent, the Buffalo Bills. That's what's been lacking in the Bills' offense for years now is that they don't run the ball enough. So you look at the, the Bengals. I looked to last year. Where were the Bengals at exactly at this point last year? Well, they were coming off of a, a very disappointing loss against the the Cleveland Browns they had Jamar Chase out um, they said hey we, we play a team that's around 500 that's playing decent ball maybe a little bit better than expected in the Carolina Panthers and what happened Joe Mixon scored five touchdowns that's right so are we going to see something similar to that I don't want to keep drawing back to last year or the year before but it's hard not to when there's so many similarities week to week to week but I, I, don't, I don't know what this offense is going to look like with, with their two stars out. I don't think anybody does, and I think that's part of the concern. I think that is part of the reason that the, the line is moving down is what does Joe Burrow look like without T. Higgins and without Jamar Chase? We've seen each of them be gone for a game here mm -hmm. and there. We've never seen them both off the field at the exact same time. I think Charlie brought it up. What does Tyler Boyd look like at, you know, as he's getting older? What does he look like as a number one? Well, he's been there before. He has. If no, there's he was one thing one to be said ago. about Boyd, yeah, it was. I, you're, you're exactly right, but he's been there before, and I think we all agree that if you had to have a money catch, ironically, you know, I, I, it bums me out for him about that drop in the Super Bowl two years ago yeah. uh, because he's been as sure-handed a receiver as his franchise has ever had. They've had better receivers, but he's been as sure-handed and dependable as anybody they've ever had in the short history of the franchise. I mean, is he a number one to go out and get you 210 yards receiving and three touchdowns? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he ever was that guy. But, but, but he will be ready for the challenge. That I know for sure, if he has to be. 100%. I, my, my only concern would be that if you're down your top two receivers, you're forcing uh, Tyler Boyd and Yoshivas to make big plays. I, I don't love my chances there. So at that point, I would focus on the run. And if the Bengals have to focus on the run, you become you give you give Joe Mixon what twenty carries, twenty two carries. Yeah, something is he, like that. Is he going to be able to capitalize on those carries? It, I'm I'm still waiting while we're talking about the the run game. I'm still waiting for them to get their backup running backs more involved. Right, that's another I, thing. And too. I know you can look at the, the the roster. Obviously, they these guys are with these running backs more often than we are, and uh, they know way more about football than we ever will. But I just have a hard time believing that they are so untalented. Like, like to where we can't give Travion Williams, Chase Brown, a couple of carries a game. I know Travion got three carries last game. I well, think I mean, but you got to go. You got to. You, you got I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. I get right. where you're going. But in the most recent, what have you done for me lately? Okay. We had not seen the two things you could have said. We've seen zero production out of the tight end room. Right Correct. till the last game. Correct. And we've seen zero opportunities for any of the backup running backs, as you're pointing out, until the last game. Evans got a carry. Right? Evans got what? a carry. Travion Williams, I think, got three. Okay, but that's probably three more out of the four total than they've gotten collectively in every other game this that's, year. That's true. And that's, that's, part of the, that's part of it all. Because for the first six weeks, when Joe Mixon wasn't on the field, the Bengals weren't running the ball. 
They weren't That's running right. the ball. That's right. So you've at least got to keep the defense honest to say, listen, when Trevion Williams is back here, when Chris Evans is back here, when Chase Brown's back here, you've got to play. You, you, you've got to keep them honest. We're going to hand the ball off here and there. And it doesn't need to be like you're, you're not expecting to break out a 10, 15-yard run with these guys, but you've at least got to keep the defense honest and show that, listen, we are willing to give these guys the ball. It's just not always Joe Mixon that's going to carry the ball for us. Well, Samaje Piran was way more involved, so – I know, I know they're vastly different running backs. I think Travion's still uh, taking kickoff returns, right? I think that is maybe perhaps the, the, the biggest difference is that the, backs, the backups that the Bengals currently have are closer to a Joe Mixon style, right? Joe Mixon, when he came into the league, and Joe Mixon's a bigger back, but he's a lot more speed, right? Yeah. He, he's, he's not – Samaje Piran, he's lowering the shoulder. He's going right in the hole. He's going to lower his shoulder. He's going to try and get three yards, and that's all he wants. Joe Mixon's trying to break the big one. All of the running backs that the Bengals have, Chris Evans, what was his M.O. out of college? Very, very fast. Chase Brown, a little bit, uh, not as fast as Chris Evans, but still a speed back, and Travion Williams, same. So they don't have that that bruiser back that Samaje Pirine is, and maybe that's the reason that they're not as willing to hand it off. Reed, you're forgetting one very important player on the Bengals roster. We do roster have that Drew Sample. Drew Sample that's can right. lower the boom oh if you God. give him a chance. Oh, my God. Give him the Tom, give him a chance, Tom. Can you imagine? Hand it off to him. You're you're a linebacker. You're a Texans linebacker, and this hole opens wide up, and you got to go fill the gap. And who's running at you? DS eighty nine. I'll give you that. <laughs> right? He's a I, big boy. No, no, you're not lying now. A lot of it's a bit, and it's a shtick, and you know, but 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 I, I'm spot on with you there. That guy's coming at you full bore. I, I'm with Get you. the hell out of the way. Right? Absolutely. Could you imagine in the Super Bowl, Tom? Game on the line. There's one second left. You're at the one-yard line. You're playing the 49ers. You're down by a score. All you need is a touchdown to win the game. Hand off to fullback, fullback hand off to Drew Sample. Win the game. That's what I imagine. No, That's what I, I, I dream I won't of. take this shtick that far. That's what I dream I of. I would have him as a lead blocker. No, you Maybe out the of the eye formation, which you never see anymore. Offset eye. Offset eye. Offset eye. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Tom. If, if that same scenario happens... And we hand the ball off to Drew Sample with the Super Bowl on the line, and he doesn't get across the goal line. I can't do talk shows. I, I, I can't do this show for an entire offseason. Yeah, you would be you would be canceled. I mean, that would just be so toxic. Of I would a, just be horrible. Well, speaking would, of toxic, uh, what is the deal with uh, Blackmore all over you today, um, Zebra? He's all over me every day. I mean, Here's the about thing, your attire today. He, he said doesn't something like about he, black he has, socks and does, about. Uh, your mom's nice. my pillow slippers on. Uh, These are hey dudes. And you've a got a big popular, golf match today. It's a very popular shoe brand. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I, Tom, I, you can't feed into these trolls like Blackmore. He doesn't use his real name on here. You don't know who he is, and he's making fun of. Yeah, I'm wearing a, a, a sweatshirt that has fall colors. Uh, it looks has, good. Very neutral. I, I like it. I like this sweatshirt. Apparently, nobody else does, and that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll live I like my it. life that way. I'll be. Tom, do you like this sweatshirt? I love it. <laughs> that was fake. No, it wasn't. I, I think. I think. I think, I think if Tom I was going it. to go face a guy in a in a grudge match round two, like you are today, out on the golf course with Sean Spurlock, if the guy that I was playing showed up in that sweatshirt, yeah, I would feel like I'm about to hand this guy an ass kick. Well, I think he he did the fall colors, so if he loses his ball in the woods, he can blend in and just do a little camouflage. <laughs> and drop stole one. Everett's and drop joke. One. I did. I did. He, that was Everett's stole joke. Stole that right from Everett Henry. Listen, Tom, you're asking about Blackmore. There's this is a chat divided. 
This is a chat divided. We've got Team Elliot, which is 98% of the chat. And then there's Team Reed over here, which I don't even get because me and Elliot love each other. <laughs> That's right. There's no animosity at all. <laughs> but it is Team Elliot versus Team Reed. And I've got Blackmore on my side. And we're me and Blackmore and, and maybe Noah Brown against the, the rest of the chat. Is Noah uh, Brown's Trace on Elliot's side, too. for you again today because Lord knows where he is again here today. Uh, uh, is he caddying for you again today? Trace, I believe, will be caddying. And how about our homeboy, Booby? Is he caddying? Booby will be caddying as well. I, from what I know, I know very little so yeah. far, but I believe Booby will be there. Trace will be there. Uh, caddying, <laughs> they'll be on the bags. Booby was going to wear that stupid uh, scientist costume that he wore last time. Swaggy Plague now with a super chat. Use real name on here, everyone, or you're a troll. You know what? There is something to be said for that. If you're going to go out there on X, where you guys like hanging out, if you're going to go on X and just bury people, which is what 90% of the people do on X, right? If you're going to go on there, put your name on it. Although Swaggy Plague, I don't think that's your name. <laughs> I mean, if I were a betting man, and I'm not, but I would bet a lot of money that's not your name. I mean, seriously. You don't think his mom named him Swaggy? Maybe. I mean, there's always a maybe out there. I was often surprised all the years that, you know, you go to a sporting event, even high school events now, and there'll be players on the team, and you're like, gosh, I've never heard that name before. Yeah, okay, sure, you know, sure. that's yeah, whatever. We never, we never got an update. Are you coaching basketball this winter? You know, what happened was a parent stepped up. The, the, the rec commission had asked me about the possibility of coming back, and I would only do it if I could bring uh, the brains in the operation, who I coached with another guy for years and years. He's really the mastermind. I'm nothing more than the motivator. He is the X's and O's guy. You're a very good motivator. Too. Okay. Well, not bad. Not bad. Not perfect, but not bad. But um, I had said to the guy, I said, look, try to get one of the kid's parents to do it first. You know? Right. Instead of me. Because if, if, when I had skin in the game, it was one thing. If I have no skin in the game, it's a whole different thing. <laughs> so... You know, I just said, hey, look, actually, that's not true. When I had skin in the game, it was a lot more intense because I could basically say anything to my son. He was a point guard. I could call him any name and every name in a book. I could ask him during the game, hey, you know, uh, we're wearing the white jerseys today. They're wearing blue. Can we throw it to the guys in white? Right? Mm -hmm. you now, little tough, Johnny. You were never tough. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so a, a dad stepped up who I'm good friends with, young dad in the neighborhood who I really like a lot. He's heavily involved, heads up the whole lacrosse program. He's going to step up. He just sent me a text last night. He says, come on, do it with me. But, I, you know. You got to do it, Tom. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't know anymore if it's a good idea. I just don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's good for me. I don't know if it's good for the kids. I know it's not good for my wife. She used to get, walk out of the gym half the games we played in about the second quarter. Um, so I don't know. I Tom, it's about, it's about your legacy as a basketball coach. I already have that. Have you, I have already you won, have it. Have you won the big one? Twice. Twice? Twice. Three is the magic number, Tom. Everybody yeah. knows that. Me and Urban, three. Me that's and Urban. Right. It's, <laughs> it's not a dynasty until you get three, Tom. You got to get three. Three is the dynasty. That will cement your legacy. Okay. Well, let's, let's, are, are we wrong. doing weather today? Yeah, we are. What time is Paul coming on? 11. 11. Zachary says, Tom, throw a chair like your buddy Bobby Knight. I'm not doing that. I might throw a kid, but not a chair. Throw a kid? It's, Tom. A, it's a joke. I Come know. on. It's a joke. 
I know. Uh, uh, Mark Fetters. There he goes again. Tom runs the four quarters offense. I mean, the four corners offense. Come on. Come on. Come on. Nick Mormon. Tom is Zach Taylor. No, Zach has not won the big one. Not won the big one. We have won the big one. All right. Um, so coming up here shortly, I don't know which of these guys, and none of them will own up to giving Paul Fritchner the nickname Quitter Paul. The nickname I gave him when he was a regular part of our show, when we started off the bench a year ago, September, was, was Big Quichner. League Paul. Big League Paul. Big League operator. And he's gone even from Big League then to really Big League now. But none of these guys in here, when I was gone from throat surgery, I come back, and all of a sudden he's Quitter Paul. So somebody better own up when he comes on in about uh, 10 minutes from now. But for the time being, Elliot, big golf match today. The sun is coming out right now. Well, here's the thing about the weather, Tom. I don't see it. I'm looking out the window. I don't see it. But all, all my weather metrics tell me it's supposed to be sunny today. We're going to Houston Woods. As everybody knows, it's in Oxford, right? It's right by Miami University. I watched that football game for a little bit. There was a crowd of probably 30 people there. One of the saddest crowds I've ever seen in my entire life. But nonetheless, the sun is beautiful today. It's going to be beautiful. The sun will shine brighter than it's ever shined before because it knows the sun. I'm going to beat Sean. I'm going to beat him. It's not going to be a best of three. It's going to be a best of two, and I win them both. That's what's going to happen. Now, it will be windy. It will be windy, not to mention the leaves will be falling. Everybody's making fun of my sweatshirt, and that's fine. You can feel free to do so. Uh, I, I, that's, that's your call. If you want to make fun of my sweatshirt, that's your fine. But here's the thing. I'm going to be on the golf course. I'm going to have the, I'm going to have the neutral colors. Casey's going to give me the weather right here, which everybody can do. You just go to your cell phone. Uh, I, was, I was at my I, – I, I, listen, I, I watched a couple of weather broadcasts yesterday. The guy said the same exact thing. I won't give the guy's name because I think he's a nice guy. But saying that, he said the same exact thing three times in a half hour. It's like, what are we doing with this weather? I can just check on my phone. I'm checking on it. It will be cloudy. Uh, high of 59. That's all there is to it. Low of who gives a shit. Listen, weather's going to be fine. It's going to be perfect. I'm going to go win a golf match today. There are going to be a lot of leaves on the ground. Everett did uh, bring that to my attention. There's going to be a lot of leafage on the ground. I'm concerned. Because if I lose a couple golf balls, I start getting upset. If I start losing them under leg, if I, uh, like if I lose them under leaves. And every golfer's played during the fall. And you know when you, hit, when you stripe a drive down the fairway and it's just magically gone because it's under some leaf, that's the worst feeling in the world. That will come into play today. I'm going to make them play the back nine. So I think we're going to be playing at 130. I'm going to make the Houston Woods people give us the back nine. I want the hole 212 over water. I want it. I think that's going to be an electric hole. If you, in fact, if you want the front nine or the back nine, put in the chat if you played Houston Woods. I think I'm going to go back nine. But if you want it, whatever. Weather, I forgot what I already said. 58 degrees. I, it doesn't matter. The weather's fine. It's not snowing. It's not raining. That's all that matters. Uh, the rest of it's up to you. Wear a sweatshirt. Don't wear a sweatshirt. It's really up to you. Other than that, uh, Ronald Reagan? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it's just the worst bit we have. It's just the worst bit we have. Yep. But that's it. Now we're going to Casey. Casey with the Ad reads. Yep. And uh, the... Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. You can visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And uh, Where does it begin? Begins here. Begins here is how the, the phrase goes here on the ad reads. And I have here 
already finished it. My Pawnee Water, made right here in Hamilton, Ohio, uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, the best tasting water in the world. You can visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com. See where you can buy this great tasting water. And that concludes our ad reads. Get your coffee from UDF, bet on Betfred, technology solutions from Encore, drink Pawnee Water. You know, you say that, and I was thinking about that. It's interesting that you said that right there, uh, Casey, because when I was driving in this morning, I, I, one thing I always forget, we always thank everybody for joining the show, and we ask that you spread the word about the show uh, and that kind of thing. But we also ask everybody that, that, that does join the show to, to, to help our sponsors. That's right. I mean, it's very important. Uh, I am a regular UDF regularly. We drink the Pawnee water. Encore, known those guys. John Burns, Larry Shakely, forever. And um, if you can help them in any way, please do. I do have one last thing that I need to advertise really quickly. Yes. We need more. Cincinnati hack? No, no, no. We need more likes. 38 is not cutting it. That is that is Why are we doing this again? What do you mean, why are we doing this again? I have said to you before, why are we asking for likes? Because people forget. People forget to like. If the, you enjoy, like how about this, Tom? If you enjoy the stream, please press the like there button. There you go. That's all it is, Casey. That's all it is. Now you're asking people who don't like us, who are watching every day right. from 10 a.m. to 12. How ridiculous. That's to, right. We don't want any frauds. No. If you don't like us and you're tuning in every single day, I, you don't have to like it. You do not have to like it. But if you do like it. But if you do like if it. If you do like it. And if you do tune in every single and day. And if you do tune in every single day. Then you, then you click the like button. Then you click the like button. That's what right. is that bit? Wow. <laughs> that, what was that bit? <laughs> Big League Paul is going to come on here and tell me Xavier is good. That's going to be a lie. Okay, now the real spirit cat says Tom doesn't know how the matrix works. What does that mean? You don't know the matrix? The algorithm. The movie. Okay, well, explain. Well, I know that. But explain, explain that to me, please. <laughs> so it, it, the, more, the, the more likes that we get, okay. the more comments that we get, okay. the more that people share our show, the better it does. The likes help us grow and push our show out to, to new viewers. That's what the likes do. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. Blackmore, I got to tell you, um, says, I like the show for Reed, Casey, and Tom in that order. Hey, listen, Tom. Why is he down on you? Uh, I, I'm was, assuming it's a he. There was, yeah, I, well, I would hope so. Uh, it looks like he's got a Looney Tunes character as his background Marvin there. Marvin the Martian. I, yeah, Marvin the Martian. I, but somewhere along the line, Blackmore's brain broke. And I think what, oh. happened, and I think what happened was... Oh. Hey, he takes shots started, at him. He's I, allowed. I, I everyone start, takes shot. If I start shooting back and everyone takes shot at me, we'd have no one left in the chat. That's your fault. That's, I'm going to defend my honor. If you want to sit there and take it, you can go ahead and do so. That's but if right. Blackmore's going to come at me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come at Blackmore. That's and right. And here's the thing. He makes fun of me because I made fun of Casey for killing that cow in, in, in Blanchester. But Casey did that. That was his. That was his crime. That's his burden. He has to live with that every day. I just poked a little bit of fun at it. Blackmore didn't like it. Now he comes at me, and that's fine. And we'll just have this ongoing are you, feud. If are you Black talking shit about me while I'm can't hear you, and I'm talking to Big League Paul? I'm not talking shit. I think Casey. you are. I I'll think you S are. Uh huh. It it's is family program. Family program. Sorry. Shoot. Oh, shoot. Uh. So that's that's what's going on with Blackmore. Blackmore doesn't like me, and that's fine. Um. But if Blackmore ever, I'll tell you what, Blackmore, I'm not a big drinker, but I'll, I'll buy you a beer. Anywhere you want, I'll buy you a beer. That's pretty, that is quite the, um, yep. I, I, I give it up to you for that. Thank you. Guy that beat you down like that and you offer to buy him a beer, that is 
That is, that is very, very kind. Uh, okay, see, and he's still beating you up even after you said it. Um, okay, let's get to our guy. And maybe he knows to where we get to the bottom of this. Now, I got to tell you, okay, before we take the shot, don't take the shot of Paul. I wish that I knew that this shot that I can see on another monitor that you're about to see at home. Because the last time we had Paul Fritchner join us from anywhere outside of the studio, where he was a huge part of our success, the startup of this show, going back to September of 2022, he was here every day and we appreciated all of his hard work uh, and what he brought to the program each and every day. But the last time he joined us remotely was when he got that big league job uh, for the Big East Conference and joined us uh, from his hotel room in New York City. It looked like he had been at Dana Gardens, New York, because I, I know that they branched out, leaving right there by, by Xavier to go over to New York City now, where they have another location. But he looked like he had just gotten home from there. The bed was rumpled up in the background and tossing and turning. He had his robe on. He had a lid on. It was not pretty, but look at him now. I mean, look at this. Looks like Where are you, Big League Paul? I mean, is this your home office now? Is this your new suite down at Xavier? What's the deal? No, I'm I'm in an office right now. I'm in our uh, kind of our, our work office space right here. So I figured, look, I woke up this morning. I thought about throwing the hat on, Tom. I thought about throwing a hoodie on, and I said, if I throw a hoodie and a hat on, Tom is going to kill me. I got a shower. I got to put a little something in the hair. I got to look good for the fellas, especially for Casey. So I figured I'd hop in here. It's great to talk to you guys. It's great it to see you. It is great to talk to you. And, and look, when we conclude all this, I want to find out, because as you know, I gave you the nickname Big League Paul. While I was gone, somebody else hung you with the nickname Quitter Paul, which I'm not comfortable with that nickname at all. None of them will own up to it. Maybe you know who did it. We'll get to that later. I want to talk to you about Xavier basketball. You know, it, it, this, this is really a, um, a fascinating team. And I'm going to be serious for a few minutes, okay? It really is a fascinating team because when they found out that Hunter wasn't going to be able to play this year, when they found out that Freemantle wasn't going to be able to play, I mean, those are two really good players. Mm -hmm. Really, really good players. I mean, they're, most of the teams even ranked in the top 25 would like to have those two guys, if not in their starting five, certainly in their top seven, eight guys in rotation. They could play anywhere. And then, and then neither one's going to play. So now, in essence, and you tell us more, please, as we're just starting the college basketball season, now the team outside of Claude is, is brand new, right? Yeah, especially when you lose a guy like Adam Kunkel, too, Tom. What are you going to do? That's right. I'm a Kunkel guy. I know somebody you else in uh, here is yeah. it? <laughs> I uh, yeah. I mean, look, even in even in the transfer portal era, like it's still unprecedented to turn the entire roster over like this, and to lose two of your most important pieces in the off season, you're just not going to go out and be able to replace them the same way as if you knew that that was what was going to happen. Uh, you know, Casey, who's over there on the keyboard? Who's over there on the keyboard right now? Is that Casey or is that Reed over there on the that's keyboard? Not me. It's very unprofessional of you, Paul, to, to break during an interview. Yeah, so we're, we're trying to – this is – Tom just serious? said it. He's trying to be serious for yeah. a second, and you can't even get through it. I am trying to hold it all – thank you, Elliot. You're welcome, I'm Tom. trying to hold it together, Tom, and I, I can't even keep the guest on point. Well, I appreciate that you are, but somebody over there on the keys isn't doing such a good job at keeping me on track. All right. Uh, the, uh, yeah, so, so we're talking about 
you know, when you talk about the turnover here with this Xavier team and you look at all these guys that are coming back and, and not coming back, you look at, I mean, look, two of the most productive players in the Big East last year, Jerome Hunter and Zach Fremantle, yep. and, and you're not being able to count on them. So what do you do? You know, they don't necessarily go to the transfer portal. They, they go more the international route, and they get three guys uh, from Europe. Two are, are classified as freshmen. One is classified as European transfer. Um, but still don't know how many years of eligibility he's going to have on this team. But look, this is this is going to be a, a very much a work in progress this year. I, I don't really know what you're going to get out of these guys, especially down the stretch with how challenging this non-conference schedule is. I mean, they have Purdue on Monday, then they go out to Vegas next week and play Washington, and then potentially either a Final Four national championship team from last year in San Diego State or a team that was picked to win uh, the WCC in St. Mary's in the next game. You have Houston. You have Cincinnati. I mean, this is a loaded non-conference schedule for Xavier. So, you know, then you go into maybe the best the Big East has been since it's, it's realigned. So, yeah, it's it's a tough schedule and to have to do this with a makeshift team because of how everything went down from last year with both graduation and uh, – injuries and everything else it, it, it's a tough scene but the other thing too is tom if, if you think about it this is the kind of year that you that you would have pictured last year for xavier when sean miller gets hired it's a guys leave because a coach comes in it, it's not the coach that you committed to you would have thought that this year was last year but last year it was unprecedented with the way that everybody came back and recommitted to sean after he got hired so I'm not surprised that this is happening in the first two years. I just would have thought these years were flipped. Um, but, I mean, going forward, look, 10, 10 new faces for Xavier and six of the 10 are, are freshmen. So if you want to look at it from that perspective, there's a, a future there. There's building there. Um, but well, it's just going to be a, a major work in progress. Okay, but, you know, the, the, the thing I find interesting about all that, besides the fact that you have all these new guys, is that you have all these new guys, and in going and reading a lot of these publications or online people who are basketball experts and sort of trying to look into a crystal ball and where Xavier will be, I mean, most of them that I have seen, um, most of them, you know, think Xavier is right sort of sitting there on that line as like a last team in or the first four in and, you know, all that kind of thing. I mean, obviously that's a reflection on the program and Sean Miller and what they believe he's capable of doing, even with all of these new guys. Yeah, and, and too, you look at the non-conference schedule and the way the Big East stacks up, like I said – you're going to have enough wins in the Big East that if you can get them, you'll just get there to the bubble. Can you get that 10-11 seed? Can you sneak in? Can you get one of those seeds toward the end of the year? I think the Washington game next week is a really, really big game uh, because that sets you up either probably to play St. Mary's in the next game. I think St. Mary's is probably a better team than San Diego State, but we'll see how that one goes. Um, I, I think the way that this sets up for Xavier is uh, – look, I – I, I said they'd be sixth or seventh. I picked them sixth or seventh in the Big East. They got picked sixth in the Big East. That's not surprising to me when you have the top four in, in Villanova, Creighton, UConn, Marquette, uh, which are kind of in a, a tier of their own. And then you have, oh, look, Rick Patino back at St. John's. You have a, a talented Providence team. I don't know what they're going to get out of their first-year head coach there, uh, Kim English. But all the way through the Big East, it, it's it's a challenging league. But again, it's it's kind of like playing in the Big 12. There are enough wins there that if you get those wins, you, you get enough wins there because the conference is good enough to at least put yourself in the conversation for the tournament. And I do think that by the end of the year, you know, is this team a three seed from last year? No, they're not. They're very much not. 
but they could easily be a, a eight or nine seed yep. if things yep. break their way. Yep. If you if you were but, to look for so some people are kind of just getting used to basketball, the idea of basketball even started, and with all the new guys, so I, I brought up Claudia at twenty five career high uh, in the season opener. They have um, Jacksonville uh, tomorrow night. You'll be there, uh, front and center, dialed in. Um, but um, give us one or two other names where, and, and I know, look, you go to the practices, they've only played one game, but if there are one or two other guys that you kind of look at, not what everybody else looks at, what you look at, who you look at, that you say, keep an eye on, on this guy and this guy as this season moves on, who might they be? Yeah, there's a couple of names. One is, uh, and they're both freshmen in my mind, uh, I would say to keep an eye on these guys because of what they would mean to this team going forward. One is the Serbian freshman, Lazar Djokovic. He didn't play the other night. Uh, he has a broken finger right now. Xavier kind of lucked out in the way that he broke his finger and the fact that he's probably not going to be out very long. I don't know what game they're targeting for him to come back, but he shouldn't be out all that long. Um, he's a massive name, and he's a, he was a huge pull for Xavier to commit to Xavier. Uh, you heard Sean Miller on the radio show the other night. He was talking about it, it, if he was a American recruit, he's probably a recruit that, you know, if he's based out of Chicago, Ohio State, Illinois, Indiana, all those types of schools are going to go after. But just because he's international, it's a, just a different recruitment. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a way for Xavier that they prioritize international recruiting and they can go out and get a guy like him. He's very talented. He's probably the tallest player on the team. Very talented, uh, can shoot the ball, can can score around the rim. I mean, he, he's a really talented player. Uh, so I'd like to see what he brings now to America and how his game kind of translates to the D1 level. And then Trey Green, who was completely opposite, very small, very undersized, um, but extremely explosive, very athletic, can shoot at a really, really high rate. And if he's able to kind of assume the point guard duties and settle in, uh, I mean, if he has a long career at Xavier, he, he's just kind of that prototypical, tough, grinder type of guy that can oh, really no. set this program forward over the next few years. What, 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 what is that for? I, I, no, I think what I is think, that for? Hey, listen, Tom, I'm, I'm looking to see who, who's going to be the next Adam Kunkel. I think we found our answer. I think we found our answer on a guy is that you, I'm that's just your not guy. That's your guy, Reed. So Trey Green, gonna, that's your guy. Trey Green. I just, I, I, I'm out on Trey Green all the way out. I haven't seen him play oh, a single second of, of I basketball. I mean, that's unbelievable. <laughs> is Ian Sabrin going to get a lot of a lot of run this year, Paul? Ian Sabrin, uh, he's getting – yeah, he is, He actually is going to get a lot of run this year. Tons of run. Huge I, huge amounts of run. It's your guy, Reed. That is your I, guy. I figured with Zach Fremantle out and Jerome Hunter that we get a baiting guy to get some run on the floor in Ian Sabrin. So. Well, they might need him on the football You know what's wild? You know what's wild? Like – all jokes aside, Reed, you know what's wild? He probably would get minutes in, like, a lower-level conference if he I – mean, he's a big dude. Like, I watch him in practice go up against some of these guys. He can play. He's a big yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Look at the high school he came from. <laughs> well, duh. I mean, yeah, oh come on God. here. Uh, this has gone straight in the tank. I, I try <laughs> to keep this serious, and all you guys want to do is jack around. Did you just say <laughs> – did I hear you say to be on a very serious note here – did I just hear you say that Sean Miller does a radio show? Well, he does his coach's show that, like, every coach does. He does? I mean, every coach has a – yeah, he does it over at Dilly Bistro in Marymount. Well, I mean, I live right down the road from there, but, I mean, I, I, I just didn't know that he did interviews. Mm, oh, God. 
Now you are doing. You are doing. You are doing. Yes, you did. Oh, Come right on, Paul. I'm trying to help you here, right? I gotta you be got better. all I gotta be the better talent, but I, I'm trying I to teach you a little, a little street smart here, okay? Um, but, but you're doing this. In, and I am being serious when I say this. How's the podcast going with you and Sean Miller? You're doing it every week, right? And where can people find it? Yeah, you can find it on YouTube. It's just titled the Sean Miller Podcast. So yeah, so he is doing he is doing his coach's show like normal uh, with Joe and Byron, but he's also doing this, which basically what we wanted to do was give him an outlet to talk about whatever he wanted to talk about, bring on guests, other coaches, uh, people that he found interesting to the college basketball world, current players like the the one that we did last week with Des Claude, where he just sat down and went over film with him. Um, you, you know, I, I think it's an opportunity for him to just sit back and, and have a little fun. That was the yep. idea behind it. And we saw the media that he did, uh, like through the off season when he was not coaching. And we thought, you know, I mean, look, this is not something that we would have ever approached him with like the first time he was around because he never really did media, never did anything like this. And now he's opened up a little bit more and, and been willing to do more and more of these things over the last year or so. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's been a lot of fun. Um, the people, I, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and commit to any of the big names that that uh, we're hoping we can get on through the right. season. But like, yeah, it, it's it's fun. It's it's good. It's it's been a great time so far. It's been good being around college basketball and, and getting to talk to a lot of these people. So, uh, look, I mean, it, it's it's been great. It's been a lot of fun, and especially being around here in this area too. I mean, you look at all the teams between, you know. Xavier, Cincinnati, NKU, UK. I mean, there's a lot of talent around the area this year. Um, so, I mean, it, sh it, should be, it, sh it should be a fun year just being around here. Absolutely. We're very, very happy for you, excited for you. Uh, anybody have anything for Big League Paul before we let him go? He's busy. Oh. Elliot, well, you got anything for, for Paul? You've been, you've been killing those lower thirds. What do you mean? Oh, you know, Elliot, I don't, Elliot, I don't, Elliot, I don't understand wait, what wait, you wait. mean. Hold on, hold on. Can I? Can I clear the air here? Can I clear the air here? No, I've you may getting, not. I've been getting, I've been getting chirped. I've been getting a lot of texts. I've been getting a lot of this and that from from these goons over here about some burner Sharon Peters. I want it well, on. Well, people want to know: Are you Sharon me. Peters? I want, I want it on the record that every single time I have commented in the chat, Tom, since I have left in the middle of August, I've used my own. I'm a man, Tom. I use my own name. I don't go under a burner. That's right. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Paul. You might know this. You might not know this, Tom. Paul lies. Just like when he said he was my <laughs> just like on. just Wits just like lies. when he said he was my Come friend. On. I, Tom, do you know I cried for Paul? There was a whole episode where he made Casey and I just cry on the show. It was a really, it was a traumatizing experience, really. And then he goes and he leaves, and that's fine. So do I believe, do I believe him that he's not Sharon Peters? No, I don't for a second. I think this guy's Sharon Peters. I think he's all those burners in the chat. I think he's smelly it. None. I think he knows, I think he knows what he's doing at Xavier. So I, that's what I think he's doing at Tom. So, so no, I, I don't have any questions for this guy. Uh, we'll see you for the Crosstown shootout. Bearcats are going to win. Well, you know, you know what I will say, you know, I, look, you know what I will say? I think this will be a very, very good shootout this year. It is going to depend on whether uh, Aziz and uh, Jamil are, are deemed eligible, which I guess we should hear back soon on that. I don't I'm, I'm really interested to see how the NCAA rules on that, because I think that's obviously going to play a major part in their success this year. Um, it, I, I kind of go back and forth on that because, like, they've met all the criteria, but also, all of the coaches asked for those two-time transfers to not be eligible. So I'm really interested to see 
how the NCAA rules there. But yeah, I mean, if, if those guys are in the lineup, um, and I mean, even if they're not, because Xavier and Cincinnati are super similar this year, where they have both have very strong guard play, and they neither one of them have a ton of post depth, especially if Aziz and Jamil aren't playing. So it, it should be a really good game. It should be fun. Uh, Casey, anything for your buddy? Uh, Paul? Paul? Yes, there Casey. Go. There we go. Are you having Norse! Fun? North's up. I did, yeah, that's I'm, right. I'm having a great time. I just talked to Darren Horn the other day. Awesome. Awesome. They didn't do great. Our guy. They didn't do, they didn't no. do great this last uh, last game. But, um, they play I don't even... Washington tonight at 11. They play Washington at 11 tonight. I know you'll be up watching. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even watch him in the NCAA Wait, Tom, tournament. Yeah, I did. Tom I, I got, Tom, I got something for you here. Yeah. Just, just uh, you know, kind of projecting out. If if I, I see Casey's hat with FC Cincinnati, and I know yes. this show is massive on the soccer train, so no I'll, doubt, I'll, love I'll, it. Yes, yes. I'll I'll appeal to that audience. If FC Cincinnati makes it to the MLS Cup, do you know that the MLS Cup will be played at TQL Stadium at the same time as the Crosstown Shootout? <laughs> the final. <laughs> How the do they have a date on it. that? We don't even know when when they're playing their next game. <laughs> Yeah, the final would be December 9th. I don't know what time it would be, but the final is December 9th, which is the same day as the shootout. Oh, that's right. Wow. I mean, that's a City good weather time here in Cincinnati. It's a good weather time of the year to be playing <laughs> soccer outside. Naturally. In December. Yeah, Naturally. that's right. Yeah. Big League Paul, we're very happy for all your success. One quick uh, question from the chat, because you used to talk all the time about your uh, car breaking down, or at least the threat of breaking down, wherever you went, whether it was to the UDF down the street or coming up here to Hamilton, are you still behind the wheel of that same big league car? I am, and I'm telling you what, fellas, it's gone severely downhill. So here's the update. The alarm just goes off for no reason now. <laughs> like, the, like, it'll be like 2 a.m. and the alarm will go off. So the other night it was probably like 1 a.m. And all of a sudden I hear the car alarm going off. I couldn't get it off. The keys didn't work. I opened the car door up, didn't work. After about five minutes, I finally got it off, and I looked down the end of the street, and there's this old lady giving me a, a round of applause. <laughs> very, very nice, very nice. Paul, I have one last. Paul, I have so, actually one last question for you. Uh, the people in yes. the chat, the people in the chat, would like to know uh, what do you think uh, the Raz score for C.J. Stroud is? Oh well, didn't he fail that one test? Wonderlick. See, See. the Wonderlick. The Wonderlick. He's a bad yeah. test taker. The Wonderlick. Wonderlick. Yeah. Yeah, he the failed that, but he threw he for 470 and five touchdowns last week. <laughs> if he failed the wonder well, yeah, so the Raz score's gotta be real high, but we don't care about that. Yeah, no doubt. That's exactly uh right. hey, Elliot, Elliot. Yeah, yeah, Paul. I just wanna know, are you doing okay? <laughs> I'm doing great, Paul. I'm doing very good. How are you? I'm I'm doing great. I just wanted to you know check in, make sure everything yeah, was going on. I love people are people are saying question. I'm being mean to Paul. I love Paul. Paul was my brother. I cried for Paul. I have those tears. They're still stained on that chair right there. So I well. so so listen. I don't want to hear any any talk about Elliot's slander and Paul. No, I am best friends with Paul. He did ask me to go to the casino the other night. I said yes, I'd go, and then he canceled on me though. That was, he did, that was crazy he did do that Paul. to me. That I was, was crazy. For he did Paul. do that to me. Paul, what that time are we right. leaving for Mackey on Monday? Uh, I'm leaving at 3 o'clock. I just got approved for a parking pass about five minutes ago. I'll pick you up on the way. All right. I'll be there. 
All See, right. going All to right. Mackey on Monday. See you All right. Big League yeah. Paul Fritschner, we thank you for your time. We'll be checking in with you, if you don't mind, from time to time. We love having you back, and we're happy for all your success. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, anytime. See you all guys. Right. Love, you, you, Paul. Paul See you, Paul. love you, Paul. Paul Fritschner. None I, of you. I love all of you. We I don't know if you, you all love me, but no, I, love I do. No, I do. But I love you. Paul, the only other like thing that bothers me is, like I said at the beginning, is nobody here will man up. I mean, it's kind of like not putting your name like you do with Sharon. I mean, forgive me. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's not manning up. And, and, and nobody here will own up to giving you the nickname Quitter Paul. That was not me. If I did it, I would own up to it. You called him Paul Quitchner. Yeah. No, I did not. Yeah, you did. No, yeah. I did, no, yeah, I did. did not. Yes, you no, did. No, I did not. He has always been <laughs> BLP, and the guys in the chat know it. Big League Paul. Mm. Paul, thank you. All right. Thank you, Tom. Great to see you. All righty. Muskies are at it tomorrow night. They'll be home against uh, Jacksonville tomorrow night. And then, as you mentioned, the next game is against Zach Eady and Purdue. He talked about the tournament in Vegas and the teams potentially they could play. And then they play seventh-ranked Houston after that. Then you see, I mean, you know, they, they, they are going to have some tough games. And Sean Miller trying to put this thing together uh, with a bunch of new guys. But, you know, look, we kid around a lot about Sean Miller not coming on the show, but, but I have always said and say it regularly, the guy is a great basketball coach. Mm -hmm. I mean, great basketball coach. And if there's somebody that, you know, faced with the chore of putting together basically 10 out of 11 new guys, he, he can do it. There's no doubt about it. Tom, I'll tell you right now, if that line comes out for Monday night up at Mackey and the, the, the Muskies are single-digit dogs – I'm going to hammer Bertolt. I, 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 love, I love Xavier, and I'm going to go probably to 10 games this year because I, I really do love going to Xavier. Me and my dad watch every game together. But if, if it, that spread is nine points on Monday, Zach Eady against this Musketeers team, I'm hammering the Boilermakers. And that hurts my soul. That hurts because I hate Bertolt. But, man, I think that could be got, a massacre. I think they just got another seven-footer, too. Purdue. They don't have sure. enough. They don't have it. Put Ian Sabrin, six foot four, GCL, Baden Ram, <laughs> average five points a game in the GCL. Put him on Ian, on Zach Eady. See what happens. In all seriousness, it should be a fun. I think this crosstown shootout will be the best crosstown shootout in the last five years. And last yeah. year's was pretty good. Yeah. Last year's was pretty good. It, I mean, it wasn't in the first half. UC yeah. made it close. David DeJulius and one three pointer to tie it down four. Yeah. So that was awesome. But the game itself wasn't great. Didn't live up to expectations. No, it when wasn't. was the last time UC won? Was it? Not in Cent. They haven't won in Centos in a long time. Well, they haven't won in Centos since the the first year, like two two thousand. I'm pretty um, sure. I don't. I don't remember the last time you. I think won. it was like twenty nineteen, maybe. It's been like four years. Right? Brandon, did Brandon do it? I'll look it up. I don't I think, think Brandon did it. Mouse no, 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 no. It's been a lot longer than that. Since they've won at Xavier. Well, no, since they won at Xavier was 2000. Right. The first the first year of the Centos Center was the only time that UC has won. That's when Huggy was there. Yeah. Huggy! Where is he? <laughs> Last time UC won was on December 8th, 2018. They've won twice in the past decade. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that, that's not too far away. If, we'll have it covered for you right here on, uh, on Chatterbox Sports. I know we'll, we'll corral Wes Miller. We'll have him on. Yeah. Maybe we'll get I, Darren Horn on to talk about it. Yeah. We certainly will get Darren, Darren Horn on. Listen, Tom, if, if UC... <laughs> Comes out and beats Xavier two years in a row, pretty pretty sure handedly. There would only be one reason for that, and that because UC is stealing signs. That's the only way that that would make sense. Yep. 
See, can we never have a serious conversation? That's what I'm, that's I the mean, only way. Seriously. It's a one-sided rivalry right now. The only way they can flip back up is if the other team's cheating. I'm trying to see who our new guy in the chat here, because I got to tell you, this guy is one of the most clever people that I have ever read in my life. He has sent three. Uh, I, I can't find him. But he finishes everything with, and there's a drive to left by Castellanos. Top, don't give him credit. Oh, my God. Could you imagine being so original? That is getting it done. Well done. Big leaguer. All right. <laughs> Let's go to... Um, we, real quick, I have a couple super chats. Uh, oh, have, yeah, read those super Big Ligger! Swaggy, Swaggy Plague said, uh, real name, his name is Swaggy Lamar Plague. We have Jason Dean, he put $2 in. He says, real name, real man, because he has his real name out. And then Chad Waite says, Blanny tasted delicious, Team Casey. Blanny was the Hell cow yeah. that Casey unfortunately slaughtered I did not in the halls the of cow. Blanchester High. But I'm sure it did taste delicious. Sure. Yeah. I don't like reliving that. I don't. I don't like it. I don't Tom, like what it was your senior, senior prank? Every day was a prank. Every day was a prank. A prank on life. It was just a fun <laughs> life. It was just a fun time, man. It was a fun time. That's all I can tell you. Because, boys, back in those days, the drinking age was 18. That's right. That's crazy. Man. I mean to tell you, it was, yeah, it was one big prank on life. It, it is, was just a beautiful time to be alive. It is insane when I hear my dad tell stories about being in high school. Yeah. And his buddy would turn 18. And what they would do is they would leave school and go to the bar. That's right. We that used is, to go every that is Thursday night. We had school the next day. Thursday night. Whole, we, was, we were four cars of us going down to Clifton and Lighthouse Limited and Tomorrow's Downtown and where were your parents? Where I mean, you know, they were like, hey, you know, it is what it is. It was great. No swaggy, no felonies involved. No, no, no. But hey, I mean, come on. It was, it was, I mean, what a time to be around, man. None of the nonsense going on now. None of the social media noise and none of the, the, the you know, just the, the, the mayhem now. It was a, it was a uh, clean, fun living time. No doubt about it. Okay. We got picks to do today. Yes, we do. Now, I, I do want to add one thing before we get to picks because, you know, I got to thinking about this last night. And I, and, and I really, I, as, as many of you know, I, I truly am, um, and I can't remember who our guest was last week that said the same thing. Um, I am just so captivated by this whole uh, Michigan thing and what's going to happen. I, Tom, because I, I just want to say this. One thing that I have said consistently through this whole thing. Three things. One, innocent until proven guilty. That is across the board on anything. On even the most heinous stuff we read about. The law of the land is and always should be innocent until proven guilty. Okay, that's number one. Number two, uh, I have said all along that one of the dilemmas that I face during this whole thing is people suggest you suspend Harbaugh, but that it's not the kid's fault. Okay. I've brought up, well, what about the kids if they took advantage of this sign-stealing thing? I mean, isn't that, you know, an accomplice to the whole thing? But I, I hear that argument. I hear it. I'm listening to that argument. I don't just hear it. I'm listening to it. 
But then I got to thinking last night. I thought, okay, what if, what are you doing to the kids who are going to get left out of a college football playoff that didn't potentially cheat? Are the Michigan players more important than the Alabama players? Are the Michigan players more important than the Washington players? Are the Michigan players more important than fill in the blank? Because if Michigan did all of these things that we think they did, and look, there's more than just innuendo and rumor here, okay? There, there are, there's a serious paper trail, and there is video of some of this stuff going on. And if you haven't noticed the latest from Connor Stallions, he gets suspended with pay. A week later, he resigns. Two days ago, made it very clear to whoever was asking, he will not cooperate on a single thing with the NCAA investigation or the Big Ten investigation. Why won't he do that? If there's nothing to hide, why won't he do it? Why won't he cooperate? Why won't he go tell them, oh, man, I'm just some fan of Michigan and I just went and taped games. I spent all my money on tickets to sit on both sidelines. Well, he's not even going to do that. He is not cooperating at all. He's not going to talk to him. No, nothing. Okay? But what about these kids? I feel it in the, on the Michigan kid thing. If I had a kid that was a football player at Michigan who has nothing to do with any of this, I guess, theoretically. Theoretically. But are they more important than the kids who are out busting their ass trying to do it the right way to play for another team in college football? That Michigan, when it's conceivable this year, and I think they would have beaten any of the teams because they've played nobody, and their out-of-conference schedule is a joke. (laughs) Their biggest game is coming up this weekend against Penn State. And they're better than Penn State. They're better. They have better players. They have a better coach. They're better. But if they, if they had any advantage against any team they played this year because of a sign-stealing advantage, why should those kids get to go play in a college football playoff at the expense of kids and a coach and a program somewhere else that didn't do it? Tom, I I don't have any answers for you. I can just tell you that I don't know why the Big Ten, like this isn't in the Big Ten's purview to lay down discipline, right? That's what the NCAA is for. And and that's why people are calling for the Big Ten to do this is because they know that the, the, the NCAA is often slow to the trigger. But why would the Big Ten want to get involved in laying out disciplinary action on a serious scale? Because then they set the precedent where they've got to do this forever if they if the big 10 lays strong disciplinary action and not the ncaa then the big 10 has to do this with every scandal that is in the league for forever so i don't think the big 10 wants to do anything because i don't think they want that responsibility and not to mention that and we've said it before every team is stealing signs again not probably not to the extent of connor stallions 
in a psychotic matter. They did a little more, right? But I bet every team in the Big Ten has some camera guy at these games. I would I would bet a lot of money on it. Again, was he were they dressing up like a like a, a detective from the 1920s investigating on the sidelines wearing camera glasses? No, maybe not. But I bet all of these schools are guilty to some degree of this. And if they drop the hammer on Michigan, they have to drop the hammer on everybody, like Reed just said, and then you're left with nothing. To answer your question about the kids, Tom, the the, the kids, respectfully, I mean, these guys have to follow their orders or they're going to get cut from the team. Sure. They, they, can't, they can't say no. When, you're, when head coach Jim Harbaugh at the Big Ten School of Michigan says, we have their signs, we're going to use them. And then a kid says, well, coach, I don't think that's morally right. I don't think that conversation goes well for that kid. I think that kid's off the team or what have you. I don't, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to listen to him. So to say that, the kids at Michigan, completely innocent. I, I have no fault for the, for the Michigan athletes, none. Okay. Uh, the coaching staff is a different story. but Here, Here's my question about the whole situation, and we, we've devoted a lot of time. because We is, have. It's, it's, it's a big story in, in NCAA. And this is, this is my problem with it, and, and you guys know that my, my take on, on Ohio State and all these things that I, that I don't necessarily like those schools, but do we think SEC sports radio shows are talking about this, this dilemma? Do you think down in Alabama they're worrying about what's going on with Michigan? Yes. I don't think they care. Paul Feinbaum is spending half his show every day talking about right. this topic, well, not, and he's the big he's the biggest name in college football. That, that, you're right. You're right. And I I know Joel Klatt. I've heard I've heard his takes on it, and he doesn't have he doesn't have a strong opinion on it. He he doesn't think that it's that big of a deal. He doesn't. He certainly doesn't think that the, the Big Ten should lay down any punishments. So I I just I wonder. I, I think that the biases of our teams right up here in the Midwest are showing their head when we talk about these things more than they need to. Like, like I obviously am. Dude, if you go to ESPN.com today, and right. every day for the past 10 days, the number one story of all the sports headlines, and they're the ones making decision in order of importance, that's the way you do this kind of thing. Right. And sometimes the number put- one story every day is Michigan. And sometimes they put WNBA headlines on the top of that page, Tom. So what are we talking well, about? Well, I'm telling you, but lately they haven't. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying that that's, I'm not going to use that as a parameter. And it's a big story. There's no doubt about it. I just think that when we're, when we're, when we're bringing our opinions into this matter, they are, there's, some, there's some clear bias by everyone here, right? I, I think that this wouldn't be a big deal at all. If, if Ohio State had been kicking Michigan's tail for the past two years, as what's they Ohio had, State got to do with it? I'm telling you, Tom, if Ohio State had been kicking Michigan's tail for the past two years, as they did for the decade prior, we wouldn't give two rats behind about this story. We care about this story. You made that point. What does Ohio State have to do with this? I just think that when we are fans of a school, we are we're we're, we're looking. So you're saying me bringing us. this up has to do with me being a fan of Ohio. You're I saying that without bit, saying. It. I think a little bit, Tom, and I don't think I was. I don't think I was beating around the bush. I know you it. were beating around the bush because you didn't say it directly. You did not say, Tom, you're an Ohio State <laughs> fan, and I think you're talking about this because you have a bias for Ohio State against Michigan. You never said that. I think- Elliot, did he say that? No. Casey, did he say that? <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. So he was beating around the bush. He just said, I'm not beating around the bush, but he was beating around the bush. 
So let's quit beating around the bush. All right, Tom. I think that the reason that we're talking about this for an hour every single day is because you are a huge Ohio State fan and that you have seen your beloved Buckeyes get their tails kicked in for two straight years, and now you're looking for some outside circumstances to save you from old Daddy Harbaugh from doing it again. <laughs> that, you know what? I, I can honestly say with from the very bottom of my heart that that is just simply not true. Let me ask you this, It's Tom. simply not true because I do, I'm a Big Ten fan. I think that forever they have carried the mantle. And Jim Delaney, who was the best commissioner maybe in the history of, of college sports for any commissioner anywhere, was ran the Big Ten forever. Negotiated all these big TV deals, a whole nine yards. Uh, he was a phenomenal commissioner. And one of the mistakes, he said he admittedly, he made a mistake after Ohio State lost in the 2007 BCS championship game against Florida. He said publicly and basically made a comment that was saying, at least in the Big Ten, we stand for both athletic and academic excellence. A backhanded slap at the Southeastern Conference. And he said himself, that he, he regretted saying that. Now look, the Big Ten has been able to walk around for a long time. While the SEC, Philip Fulmer in Tennessee, was leading an investigation against Alabama when Lane Kiffin is calling out Urban Meyer at Florida and all this stuff went on in the SEC. You didn't have this. The Big Ten was above all of this. They were above all of it. That stuff wasn't going on. And now you've got it going on. You've got this Rutgers-Ohio State-Purdue thing. You've got this Michigan thing. You've got coaches on the phone with the commissioner. Livid that they haven't taken action against Michigan. You've got athletic directors on the phone with the commissioners. Livid that they haven't taken, it, haven't taken action against Michigan. This whole thing for me has nothing to do, nothing to do with being an Ohio State fan. I don't like I, seeing it be a Big Ten thing because I think they're better than that. Well, I, I, I and Michigan thing. is supposed I'll, to be better than that. I want to say one thing. So this is, this is for Reed. I'm going I'm to try to step in. I'm going to try to uh, look at it with Reed's glasses here. If this was the Rutgers football program, right? Well, it's different. I'll let you finish, but it's you can't say different. Rutgers. It's vast, nobody it, cares. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so Ohio State arguably is the biggest brand in college football, no? Well, I don't know. They're top up three. there. Top three. They're top, up there. Top four brand in college football. They definitely have the biggest rivalry in college football, right? Second yes. behind Bluffton Defiance. BS. Okay, but so they have, the best, yeah. they have the best rivalry in college football. Right. That, in, that consists of two teams, Ohio State and Michigan. So that's what he's coming from. If, if, if Ohio State doesn't play Michigan in the biggest game of the year every single year, I, I, I mean, I, I, think that, I think it draws a little bit more attention because Michigan plays Ohio State every single season. Listen, I don't think I know that if Ohio State had continued beating up on Michigan the last two years, beat them if it was the complete opposite, right? Where Ohio State had beat them by 20 points again. You're back-to-back years for the past two years during this cheating scandal. We wouldn't be devoting hours a day to it because it wouldn't matter because Ohio State is still top dog. Now there's a new puppy on the porch, and he's barking and he's howling, and you're trying to – they're trying to beat him down. And, yeah, there's some things. It's a big story in sports, but I think that the It is the biggest story it in is. sports. It's not a big story, and it's not a big story on this program – because I root for Ohio State. It is the single 
biggest story that there is in sports today. So if we're doing a sports talk show, we have to devote time for what people are talking about the most in sports. I, listen, Tom, I get it. I just think that we wouldn't be devoting as much time if Ohio State was still top dog. I think that's a bad take. But I, it's, if Ohio I, State I was still top right. dog, who's number one in the college football playoff ranking right now? Well, is that I mean, Michigan? I'm just, well, no, 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 I'm asking you a question. Who is ranked top dog right now? I'm not saying they're the best team. But I'm saying, as we sit here right now, who yep. is the top dog in college football? According to the college football playoff right. committee, currently, right now, Ohio State is number one. But I take the AP poll more per, more serious. So, George okay, number one. fair enough, fair enough. Uh, All right. We got a couple super chats. All right, let's hear them. Chad Waits says, Chad I, used, Waits. "I used to meet Tom at the Brass Ass during those times. Chad. What a time to be alive!" Chad, come on, uh, Sir come Boy. On, Chad, that's not true. Sir Boy says, "Reed is a bum." Mr. Mo says the Northwestern Thins was what the more the Northwestern Thins was talked about at length until hold on my things it was my, resolved yeah just read it I'm same with Michigan State change. biggest story in sports gets talked about simple as that is that it that's, that's it. it let's get to our picks all right let's get to our picks here we go Casey where are we starting we're starting in the collegiate yes we're starting. and we're starting ironically. With Michigan-Penn State. All right. We're starting with Michigan-Penn State. All right. Starting Michigan-Penn State. The line on that one, Michigan minus four. The numbers for James Franklin are astoundingly horrific. He has run a great program at Penn State. They win 10 or more games every single year. But they can't beat Ohio State or Michigan. They can't beat top 10 teams. They can't beat top 10 teams when they're ranked in the top 10. And they are ranked number 10 in the latest college football playoff rankings. Reed. Uh, much to, I think, everyone in this chat surprise, I'm going to take the Wolverines. I think they're going to come out. I, think they, I feel like they feel slighted. <laughs> I feel like they're, they're tired of being the talk of the town. I think they're just going to show that they're the best football team in the country. I, listen, it pains me to see Michigan do this to the sport. College football is yeah. one of the greatest sports of all time. They are desecrating the greatest sport that we have in America. So with saying all that, despite the facts, despite the numbers Tom has given me about James Franklin and, 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 the, and the Penn State whatevers, Nittany Lions, I'm taking Penn State That's because right, they're going right. to do it for America. They're going to do it for the Big Ten Conference. Right. And more importantly, they're going to do it for Ohio State. They're going to give Ohio State the justice they deserve and beat up on Michigan. That's a good point. When you See, think when you think of of programs that stand for something, you think of Penn State. Oh my god. Oh god. Clean program. Casey, oh take god. it away. Casey, take it away, please. I can't even respond to that. Yeah, uh, please. Don't. Let's not go As down the Penn that State road. guy here, uh, I'm going with Penn State. I think uh, they've had enough time to change their signs, so I think uh, that that should be plenty of time to to come okay. up with a game plan for. From uh, Michigan okay. Chiefs. All right. I am taking the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, I think that they are the best team on the field in the country. I've said that. Really, file that away, please, by the way. Yeah, I, All right, file it away. I've, I'll say it the, again. It's in the brain. Michigan is the best team on the field so far in the country this year. There's, in my mind, no doubt about it. They've been the best. And they're going to roll into Penn State, and they're going to blow them out of the gym. Uh, and... Contrary to what Elliot just said, the best thing that could happen to Ohio State 
is for Michigan to win this game. Because as we brought up yesterday, if Ohio State's already beaten Penn State, if Penn State beats Michigan, and Michigan were to beat Ohio State in Ann Arbor, last game of the year, and each of the three teams finishes with one loss, Penn State would play in the Big Ten championship game. So Ohio State, quietly, is rooting for Michigan to win this game. All right, next up. We have Michigan State versus OSU. <clears throat> okay. Best conference in football. Reed. Uh, 31 points? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Give me the Spartans. Sparty! <laughs> Sparty! Sparty! Uh, may, might take them outright. I'm gonna take... <laughs> I'm gonna take uh, Ohio State <laughs> minus 40 because, I, respectfully, what are we doing here? I mean, it, we're talking about Big Ten should do justice. Big Ten should do justice with this game and cancel it. We'll give Ohio <laughs> State the win and forfeit Michigan State's season because what a disgrace this is. I'll take Ohio State minus 40. They have their own issues. Go ahead. Uh, I have in here Michigan State. Um, I'm just double-checking. I don't think they've ever scored more than – no, they, they scored more than 30 against Purdue. And Western Kentucky, but that's it. So, well, I don't know. I don't feel great about my pick, but I'm picking them anyways. Okay. I'll take the uh, Mighty Buckeyes to cover. At home, prime time, big league operation up there. Okay, what's next? We got Utah versus Washington. Washington's favored by nine and a half points, Tom. That's a big number, fellas. Nine and a half. Uh, yeah, I, listen, I, I, is Cam rising back yet? I don't think he is. No. He's, he's, nope. Is he done for the year? It's looking that way. I mean, UT's, uh, Utah's a, a very tough team. They, they really are. But, uh, you know, you got a Heisman guy over there in Washington. So, give me the Huskies. I think they, I think they cover this. I'll take the Huskies as well. No further analysis. I think Utah's fine. They're a cute little story. Uh, they'll never be in the playoff. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, wow. I like Utah, but without Cam Rising, yeah. I mean, they got blown out by Oregon. Washington's very similar to Oregon. I'm going to take Washington. Okay. And I'm taking the Huskies as well. Ooh. Elliot? No? No? I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, I take back what I said about Utah. They're a perennial team. They're a blue blood in college football. They're going to be in the college football playoff real soon. We're going Utah. He's got the Utes. <laughs> Everybody failed me on that one. Come on, guys. Somebody pick Utah. Well, I mean, if they would have Cam Rising, I would. I, this is the kind of game I'd pick Utah to, to, to cover that right. number. But they're not. Uh, they, got, they got massacred by um, Oregon. Oregon. Yep. Yep. All right. Next up. Next up, we got USC versus Oregon. Speaking of Oregon. Speaking of Oregon. <gasps> 15. Oregon's minus 15. That's a big number, boys. That's 15? a big number, boys. How are we looking? 15? God, I feel like such a square if I take USC, but... God, I feel like such a square if I take USC. But they got Caleb Williams. 15? Ah, give me the Trojans. Yeah. I'm going to take the Trojans as well. But the way I'm seeing, I, the way I think this room's going to go here, I'm going to probably end up switching this pick. 15, that's so many points. Caleb might cry. Man, this is, this is a tough one for me because it's two guys that I just don't believe in. Caleb Williams, stinks. Bo Nix, stinks. Which one stinks the most? Um, 
I don't know. Uh, I'm probably going to lean USC just because I think that they can score a lot of points. They could probably keep it somewhat close. 15, that's kind of like a hook there. I know it's not a hook, but it's more than two scores. So going with USC here. Well, Elliot, you have a decision to make again because I am taking the (laughs) SC Trojans. It's the first week without their defensive coordinator. I see them playing a little bit better this week. Well enough, certainly, to keep it within 15 with the offense they have Uh, because I'm not sold on Oregon's defense. So, uh, Elliot? Are you going to change your pick? <laughs> you going to Ducks? Quack, quack. As I've always said, I love Oregon. They're a really good program. 15 <laughs> points should be an easy number to cover against USC and Heisman frontrunner Caleb Williams. Um, I mean, this is going to be the grossest bet of the week. But I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll take Oregon minus 15 because that's my shtick, and I have to do it. All right, and last but not least in the college game, I mean, this is a clash of the Titans down in Houston, Texas. <laughs> Why did we put this on? <laughs> the, UC, <laughs> the UC Bearcats uh, not going to a bowl game this year. They're not bowl eligible. They're not going to get to six wins. They yeah. are a two-point underdog uh, at Houston. Reed? Uh, I didn't follow college football a lot as a kid, but I fell in love with a kid named Case Keenum back when he was uh, for yes. the Cougars. So I'm, I'm going with the Cougs. Going with the Cougs in this one. Again, I, I'm the same way. I, I, had a, I had a first love when it came to football, too. His, his name was Emory Jones. And Emory <laughs> Jones came in, 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 into UC, into the University of Cincinnati. Uh, they were playing pro- around the same time as Casey. Dude, Keenum. why are you uh, beating uh, him down uh, all the time? Because he sucks, I mean, Tom. What do you want me to say? Do you want me to say Emory Jones is, is good? Brutal. Emory Jones is terrible. He's been had, they're having to use the Friday nights switch between Saracen and the other guy. They're, they're switching. They're switching rotations. I, I've never seen anything like it. Braden Lichtenberg. <laughs> That's not his name. Uh, listen, I, I'm gonna go with Houston. I think UC's a joke. I think Satterfield has the boys ready for another loss. What do you mean it's not his name? Brady Lichtenberg? That is his name. That's his name. Uh, (laughs) Go ahead, Case. Houston has won a couple Big Big 12 matchups. Um, They're they're a better team. I'm taking Houston minus two. And I am taking Houston two, which leads us again down this (laughs) familiar trail. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You know what? You know what, Casey? I will do it. I will do it, Casey. I'm going to do it. As I've said all along, this is UC's year. We have a Heisman front runner in Emory Jones, the greatest quarterback this conference has ever seen. <laughs> better than Vince Young, better than all of them. I am taking Emory Jones and the Bearcats. Scott Satterfield, this is the revenge game. He gets his first real win in this conference against Houston, and they win this game outright, maybe by five. Five points, 25 20, final score. Okay. Okay. All right. Well done. I mean, well done. You've been talking up Emory Jones all year. So now we go to the pro game. This is a good game. I think it's an interesting game. Uh, The Lions, a lot of people have been talking about them. They're a three-point road favorite. The last big road game, they tried to show up. They got massacred Mm -hmm. by Baltimore. Mm -hmm. What do we think? Uh, listen here, I, I I don't believe in the Lions whatsoever. It's hard to believe in the Chargers. I clearly Chargers don't have home field advantage, so that that three points that the Lions are get is a true three points. But here's the thing about the Chargers: they just beat I think a, a pretty solid Jets team, uh, twenty seven to six or whatever it yep, was. Yep. And Justin Herbert threw for hundred and forty yards. Like that is an actually 
pretty good win for them. The fact that they put up 27 points despite Justin Herbert only throwing for, for under 150 yards. Um, for that reason, I like the Chargers in this game. I really do. I don't believe in the NFC whatsoever. I think Justin Herbert's the better quarterback. And if you take the better quarterback in the NFL, you win a lot of games. Fair so, enough. Give me Herbert. Fair enough. I think the Jets suck. And I also think the Lions aren't very good. Uh, I, I'm going to take the Chargers here. For the, for the only – I'm only going to – by the way, if we're all going to pick Chargers here, this is going to be a tough day. I mean, that, I, I think shit, we're headed down that road. I think we are too. I think someone's no, take, no, we're not because I think Casey's the, a Lions. Yeah. I think the Chargers are decent. I think they're a decent team. I, don't, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I do. So I, I think the Chargers win this game. I think the, the Lions get exposed. If the Chargers make the playoffs, it's tough for the old Bengals. It's, tough for it's the very Bengals. tough, yeah. but I think the Chargers are a good team. Yep, good. Yeah, I think uh, this is a trap game for the Lions. So I'm picking the Chargers here. Tom, don't do it. Um, I am. You know, I, I, think, I think they're not as bad as people make them out to be. But I don't think that they're a great team. So, yeah, I'm going with Chargers. Well, this is now at least four times we've gone down this road. Yep. Because uh, I am going – somebody's going to do really well next week, and somebody's going to be awful. Um, <laughs> I'm going with the Chargers. So, Elliot, we once more turn to you. As I've always said, the Lions are really good. The Lions are a good team. <laughs> Dan Campbell loves to eat each other's knees or whatever that. The so fighting Chris Spielman. Angle uh, I, Listen, I, the Lions, I've always said it. Jared Goff's a top 10 quarterback in the league. I think they've got a lot of spunk. Look for the Lions to do what the Lions have always done and win. They win this game. <laughs> Where are we All at next? Let's go Packers versus Steelers. Well, you talk about a brutal game. We <laughs> just discussed Oh, my God. A foul game. This really is. Uh, Reed? Here's the – this was – when I heard this line, the Steelers at home, three-and-a-half-point favorites against a terrible Packers team, I'm just sitting here thinking, what the hell is this spread? All my logic – I'm going to be such a square this week – all logic that I have in my, in my betting history tells me to take the Green Bay Packers in this game, but I don't, I, I, I can't see them covering three and a half. So I'm gonna be as square as square you can be, and I'm gonna take the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers because I have to caveat that every time I talk about Tom, them. Tom, I see where this is going again. I'm, <laughs> I mean, this you can't, you can't script this. I'm going with the Steelers. I think the Steelers are the better team. I think that's the ugliest game of the week. I think the final score of that's 13 to three. Steelers win it. And by the way, the touchdown is uh, a Watt. TJ Watt scores the touchdown. <laughs> you know, what's funny is you can kind of script it. I'm going with the Steelers here as well. <laughs> this is an awesome week. You know, <laughs> I just can't awesome see Green Bay Tom, scoring do at all This has the been Steelers. the best pick, uh, segment we've ever had. I'm going with the men of aluminum as well. Uh, because I think they <laughs> are a better team without a doubt. Come on. Uh, the Packers are awful. Uh, the Steelers are at home. Three and a half is a nothing number. I'll probably be wrong. Elliot? Jordan loves a good quarterback. <laughs> They've got a lot of talent in Green Bay. It's a, it's a team that is, has always won games. They've won the big one. This is the big one for Green Bay. This might as well be their Super Bowl. Gets them back in a playoff hunt. Gets them right back in the playoff hunt in a bad NFC conference. I, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers here. I've always said it. The Green Bay Packers are legit and the Steelers are fraud. So that's what we're going to do here. I mean, this is unbelievable. All right, let's go to the Browns Let's see if it happens again. I know it won't. I know this one won't happen again. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that the – I don't think that the – I think the Browns are going to get exposed this week. I think that the Ravens oh, no. are playing the best football in the National Football League. Oh, no. So I'm going to take Lamar Jackson and the Ravens at home, oh, no. winning by a touchdown. 
<laughs> I have the Ravens winning. Get it out of the way. I have the Ravens winning this. I have the Ravens winning with the spread. I think I love the Browns, but saying that, I think the I think the Ravens are good, and the, and they're going to show up this week against my logic. Casey, the Ravens are the best team in the oh NFL right God. now, and I mean, they're just going oh to my God. steamroll the Browns. This is awesome. This is not a stick today, by the way. This we, is, we, this is, we picked these early before the show. Uh, I, I, I naturally, I always pick the Ravens. So I mean, I, <laughs> I mean every is... week I pick the Ravens. So, Elliot? The Browns are going to win two playoff games. They're going to go to the <laughs> AFC Championship game. They've got a great Tom's guy, Deshaun Watson. They've got My a great guy. They've got a great quarterback. They've got Jerome Ford, a UC Bearcat. UC is the best football school in America. I love the Cleveland Browns in this game. Never a doubt. Never a doubt. The <laughs> Cleveland Browns, not only do they cover this spread, they win the game outright. They go on to the postseason. They win two playoff games. They get to the AFC Championship game where they play the Bengals. They then beat the Bengals. They go to a Super Bowl, and they beat the Packers, who I beat last game. They beat the Packers in the Super Bowl, and with the final score being 3 nothing. the Browns win the first Super Bowl this season. And it starts right now. My favorite moment in this show's history, besides every time that I have to talk about college football, yeah. but my favorite <laughs> moment in this show's history is when Elliot said the phrase, I think the Browns are going to win two playoff games. That's and then right. someone hollered out, that means they're going to make the AFC Championship game. And you could just see the oh shit in his eyes. And That's my like, bad. I, you, make, you, make, you make some mistakes when you talk, when you talk for, about sports for a living. So That's right. That's Sorry right. about that. Okay. What's the next up? All right, we got 49ers versus the Jaguars. San Francisco is minus three. Reed? I've got to be alone. In, I've, there, there's got to be some discrepancy with this pick. I, th I think that we're going to see a 5-4 and four 49ers team. I think going really? to Jacksonville, mm. I think they're going to not only cover, I'm going to take the Jags money line this week. Wow. Because I think that the Jags are for real. They've won 12 of their last 15 games since Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson. I think quarterback... Good coach. That's a good duo. Give me those two guys beating the 49ers. And finally, I get to be freed from this madness. I'm, yes. taking, the, I'm taking the 49ers. I think the 49ers are primed for a bounce-back game here. Uh, I do agree with Reed a little bit. I think this is a tough game. But saying that, the 49ers are a damn good football team. I will have them actually playing in the NFC Championship game. 49ers bounce back here big time. If you listened to my show yesterday... You would know that I think the Jaguars are just a worse version than the Bengals. And that being said, I think it's going to be a close game. But I think the Jaguars, they're on a hot streak right now. I like what they can do. San Francisco, they're on the down downswing. They're not healthy yet. I'm taking the Jags. Something funny? Sir Boy with a funny chat. He said, this last 30 minutes have been some of the worst sports talk from frickin' frack and the fake leather chairs. That's a funny comment, Sir Boy. I love you. Love, love Sir Boy. He's our guy. Frickin' frack. Frickin' frack. Uh, I'm taking the Niners. I said it yesterday. I don't care if this line was Niners plus 10. They're going to come in there. They're not losing four in a row. It's not happening. All right, next. We've, ha we've got the last game of the week, Texas versus Bengals. Texas. Texans. The Rangers coming in? No, nah, just Texans. Texas. Texans. Texans. Okay. And we're, we're going to go with a seven-point uh, spread here. It, okay? Because it, yep, it, it, it could change again. But go ahead. From Betfred. I don't even remember what I told Casey because I, I, I bet. Listen, I, I bet the Bengals every single week. I, I do because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet on them, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be happy when they win and double happy if they cover. Um 
this is a tough spread with without Jamar Chase, without T. Higgins, and I think the Texans are playing very good football right now. I think C.J. Stroud. I mean, was he was he AFC Player of the Week? I think he was right. Have yes, Offensive Player of the Week yep. with the game that he just had. Um, coming there, I still think that the Bengals win this. I, I think they cover. I think they cover. Is that what I told you, Casey? Bengals. Yep. 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 Who day? I'm gonna go with the Texans. I don't believe in this pick, um, but I do think it is somewhat a trap game. I think I think the Bengals might might falter here. I think they might lose the game. Saying all that, I'm picking the Texans to give the Bengals a win because everybody knows I'm a bad gambler. That's why I'm doing it. I'm taking the Bengals. Probably won't ever sway from taking the Bengals. Yeah, you, there's no chance. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm taking the Bengals too. So I, I tell you what, if nothing else this week, yep. there is going to be somebody – it could be somebody's, as in plural, or it could be the other way, somebody, as in Elliot, that is going to be high on the hog because of all the changes that Elliot made and the rest of us forcing, well, not forcing him, but at least he's made the decision. He's not going to pick with everybody else, so he's changed a lot of his picks today, and he could come up as a, a big-time winner next week. All right. Before we get out of here, do we have a, a, a cherry on top? No, I hope. Or do we? Nope, nope. No. Okay. All right. So today, as we're winding things up, I am not going to be here tomorrow. I think I told you guys. Uh, so good luck on the show tomorrow. Who's hosting tomorrow? It'll be Elliot. It'll, Third person now? I mean, it'll be Elliot. Elliot will be hosting. Elliot's a good guy. I know him. Okay. All right, so Elliot's hosting tomorrow. We have, by the way, tomorrow on the show, we'll have uh, Austin Elmore, and we'll have a very special guest at 10.15. You won't want to miss. Really? Special guest. He won't tell us anybody who it is. I don't know. It's going to be a surprise. Wow. Okay. Well, Austin's great. Could be Connor Stallings. Great sense of humor. Great sense of humor yeah, for my guy, Austin. great sense of humor. Knows his stuff. So good to have Austin on the program tomorrow. That's good stuff. Uh, but before we get out of here today, um, today, I mean, as, as the last two hours have gone by, it was a cloudy morning. That's right. And as predicted by Elliot, as the day went on, the sun would start to break through. Yes. And just down the road, in what, an hour from now? It's about an about, uh, hour and a half, 90 about minutes. About an hour and a half from now, we'll be round two. Uh, it's Houston Woods. Is that the name of the course? Mm -hmm. Houston Woods. Okay. Um, horror at Houston Woods will take place. <laughs> all right, Tom. So, um, look, you'll put together the video of it after all is said and done. Sean is trying to come back and avenge his loss out at the um, cemetery. And yeah, so, cemetery. well, I mean, that's what they call it in England. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. But it was a beautiful looking course, Potter's Field. Um, so, what are you predicting today? I'm going to give you an over-under because I'm not going to predict. I, I predict for myself I shoot a 45. I'm going to give you an over-under. Vegas, that, that I would be. If you 45? Bet, if you, what's wrong with that? Have you gotten under 45 yet in your three rounds? Who the hell are you? No. All right. I'm, Tom, I'm going to give you the over-under. Yeah, I'm going to give you, give you the over and you had a 46 Vegas, at Vegas the has, Vegas has the over oh, Quiet, Frick. Oh, Vegas has the over-under. What? I'm frack. Okay, I'm frick. Vegas has the over-under, Tom, at 52 and a half for my score. 52 and a half? Okay, that's, that's... Oh, I'm taking the over. <laughs> you said 45. <laughs> you said 45 earlier. Over-under 52 and a half. 52 is a better line. Uh... In the chat, say over-under 52 and a half. 
going to be 52. I'll, I'll go with the chat. I'll go, I'll go over. In fact, Way I'll tell over. you what. Whoever put, the, put this in the chat right now. Whoever guesses my score, whoever guesses my score exactly, I'll Venmo you $5. I'll Venmo you $5 if you guess my score exactly. Can I take the 45 line? You want 45? I'll take over on 45. Okay, he wants over 45. Tom has over 52. I'm saying 52 exactly. All right. I'll give another. I'll give another. And that's under. Because I will 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 the premiere be before the next FCC game? Three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was a shot at me that he just did. Well, look. Good luck to you. That was mean. Good luck to Spur. Wasn't my fault though. I wish you both good it luck. Wasn't. I right. want everybody to go out there and play well. Be careful. Have fun. Uh, we mentioned the sun coming out, but as I look across the street here in downtown Mark, Hamilton, Mark, if the lawnmower doing? man will get out of the way, um, the, the, the wind is a factor today. Mm. It is. The wind I, is a major a factor track. today. Tough track. Have you seen the scores they're putting in here, Tom? This is insulting. Mark Fetters t- said I'm going to get 118. The wildest take that this show had today was you saying that um, Indian Ridge was harder than Houston Woods. I think Indian Ridge is harder than Houston That's Woods. That's not even close. Indian Ridge is, a cl- is an easy course. Well, uh, you know, I, I, you guys are going to be out there filming it. Um, Booby, hopefully, is there providing some inspiration. Trace will be there as your right-hand man. That's right. Okay. All right. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for everything. Have a great rest of your weekend. You too, Tom. All right. Enjoy, enjoy Father's Day. Thank you. Father's I'm looking for really excited to go down to TCU. When you watch the University of Texas. University of Texas. When you fly Tonight. Tonight. University of Texas play football this weekend at TCU. I'm interested in seeing that. I've never seen the Longhorns in person, so that's exciting. Uh, okay, everybody, have a great rest of your day, and we will uh, see you back here tomorrow um, for Off the Bench. Presented by United Dairy Farmers, hosted by Elliot tomorrow. And you guys have box lunch as well tomorrow? That's right. Hosted by Casey. Yep. Mm. Good luck, Case. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. All right. To all of you, thanks for being with us. We'll see you uh, tomorrow. Bye.